Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, I'm recording this from inside of a bathroom because uh, I'm shooting stuff in Utah for the Pete Holmes Show, which is fantastic, and the entire crew is in this room napping in between interviews of Olympic hopefuls, which is an incredible dream come true, and uh, I can't wait for you guys to see it. The show is premiering on TBS at uh, on October 28th at midnight after Conan, four nights a week, so please check that out. More info at PeteHolmes.com. This is Dan St. Germain, a friend of mine for many years and one of my uh, favorite comedians. He's a very, very, very funny guy, and we made a very, very weird, existential, and uh, just delightfully strange interview that I sincerely hope you enjoy. The uh, sponsor today is, again, Frightened Rabbit, which is sincerely one of my all-time favorite bands, uh, definitely in my uh, frequent, frequent, frequent rotation, and uh, I'm excited that they are uh, our sponsor. For those of you who don't know, they're an indie rock band from Scotland, uh, making emotionally resonant music and also uh, saying words somewhat differently from us here in the States, which is a lot of fun. All coming from their wonderful lead singer, Scott Hutchinson. Uh, they just completed a tour with The National, also one of my all-time favorite bands, and are heading out with their own headlining tour of the U.S. beginning tomorrow, September 26th. That is not the date tomorrow. This is old copy. That means it's already happening. For Weirdos, the band is giving away a free pair of tickets to each tour, uh, potentially to enter. you got to uh, visit FrightenedRabbit.com slash weird and get more info on the band and pick up their late, uh, their sorry, their new late March, depth March EP. That was really hard for me to read for some reason. Could be that I'm exhausted. <laughs> their, uh, their EP is late March, death March, FrightenedRabbit.com. Enter to win free tickets, frightenedrabbit.com slash weird. Really, really great band. Uh, again, for the show, PeteHolmes.com. For stuff on the podcast, t-shirts, stickers, that sort of stuff, you made it weird.com. And uh, in the meantime, enjoy uh, my friend and I, Dan St. Germain. I'm my own friend. So, two, two friends on this one. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much, man, for having me on. <laughs> what a wonderful way to start. Whatever says thank you so much the first thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I, I, I mean, you're busy. Uh, you're busy man. You know? I'm not. People keep saying that. It makes me guilty that I'm not busy. Thank Listen, you. If I had a chance to blow people off with the with what's going on, even if you're not doing any work, well, it's like I would being, use it all the time. I know. It's I, it's like being sick. Uh, I, who was I? Was this on the show or in therapy? That's how personal <laughs> the show is. I can't tell if it was on the show or in therapy, but I was talking about how I kind of enjoy being sick. Yeah. And I, I, I certainly enjoyed when we were doing the pilot being so busy that you kind of can't do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? People are like, you know, typical example, help me move or something. And you're like, oh, I would, man. I just got to. But like, uh, I think they did that on Curb Your Enthusiasm where his, uh, I think maybe his mother dies. And he really enjoys having the excuse of like, oh, you know, I just yeah, can't. I did that with my, here, put these on I, if you want. I put. Uh, Mulaney's got that bit too, like <laughs> blowing plants off or whatever. Even what? if you like doing. Like the thing you're supposed to, like, even if you cancel on something that you wanted to do, you're still like, yes. <laughs> well, it's a snow day. Yeah. Some people yeah. take uh, great solace in a, in snow days. You know what I mean? Like, I, when I was in New York and there would be like a huge, huge uh, snowfall and there was one when I was there 
it was just so great. It was like horse and buggy times. All the power went out, yeah. and it was just super dark. And you just were like, oh, I, I can't do anything. The yeah. shitty thing about L.A. is it's always beautiful, so you are, you're always burning a perfect day. When you yeah. draw the blinds and play video games and just, like, jerk off all day, you ruin, like, you should have been You should surfing. be doing something. <laughs> you should be Sur- doing right. something. Do you surf? I don't. I wish I could. Ron I have no balance. Does, right? yeah. does he? Yeah. He well, likes- what's my excuse? We're like the same size. Um, I have no idea. I mean, I gotta, he's been doing I'm it, writing I down surf he's been doing with it Kurt. Well, I mean, I guess forever now. Like, he's like a legit guy. And it's, no, it's not here. He was talking to me about like fights. He would have like fist fights. No, on like <laughs> uh, on the boards. He met some guy who went out of prison who he couldn't go back to a certain part of the beach because he took the guy's wave. What? And then the guy was like pissed off and wanted to beat him up or something like oh, that. Oh, you can steal someone. Yeah, there's like there really is still. It's not like a point break subplot. <laughs> it's a real thing that happens because it can only uh, sustain one person. There's two supposed like peace loving yeah. uh, children of the ocean that like <laughs> fight it out. Yeah, the ocean is terrifying though. As much as I yeah. love it, are you an East Coast guy? I'm an East Coast guy. Where are you from? I'm from Jersey originally. Right. Oh. I, oh. Rutherford? Yeah, Rutherford. I think I knew that. Uh, I think I knew you were from Jersey, but I had forgotten. I, I realized uh, when I was walking over here, I, I think you're so funny, and that's really all I know about you, <laughs> which oh, is great. Oh, thanks, man. That means a lot. Yeah, I mean, that, that's all That's all it takes. Is I, yeah. We did those shows together in Montreal. Dude, you were fucking amazing. I still want to talk about surfing. Well, thank you. That was unbelievable, that. dude. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know why I said really. Obviously, <laughs> why would you say that if you didn't mean it? I no, guess. I really did mean it. I, was I don't even know if I like comedy anymore, but I like watching you. Uh, <laughs> really at the point. Uh, I'd much rather watch a six-part Holocaust documentary series, I think. That's than, what I know about you. Than Parks and what Rec. What am I talking about? I, I, I can't <laughs> watch know. I can't I watch comedy Parks and Rec either. is amazing, but I'd rather, sure. you know. I gave Archer another go because I love yeah. uh, I, I love H. Sean Benjamin. I love uh, Alicia Tyler. I, I love a, a lot of people on it. Chris Parnell. The style, everything about it, but I was just like, "Oh, it's a comedy." They're like, they keep trying to make they keep me trying feel to, something. Yeah, they keep. It's manipulative. <laughs> yeah, it really. What are is. you doing? It's so slimy. Stop it. Just let me relax. Yeah, that's what I like about Mad Mad Men is my favorite show, probably, and uh, Sopranos and stuff like that. Serious things that that could be funny. Like you might find something funny about Breaking Bad, for example, which I just yeah. watched this morning. It was and great, I, right? Yeah, it was real, real great. I laughed really hard. This is not a spoiler. And this, no, I've th- seen it. I saw it this, last night. And this won't even be out. Uh, but if, you, if you're really paranoid, jump ahead yeah. 30 seconds right now. Breaking Bad, current season. It's so stupid. I would Are we doing the show right now? Yeah, we're doing the show. Oh, okay. I'm about That's to... Uh, yeah. uh, the guy, uh, the, uh, the kind of baby face kid... Uh, that is Walt's connection to the white supremacist. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Friday Night Lights guy. Yeah, Friday Night Lights guy. He he's like so sweet. He's such a, like a sweet guy. Whenever he, oh, I'm not even going to use yeah. a spoiler. Whenever he does something that's like bad, I laugh yeah. because I'm like he's a sweetie pants. Yeah. In the most recent episode, all he did was shoot a gun, and I was like, <laughs> it doesn't oh, look right. He... It doesn't. He's kind of like <laughs> look flinching. at him go. Yeah, but I was thinking about his character. He must be a white supremacist too. Nobody's hanging out with swastika necks. You never know. You think he might just be freestyling just some his own dude. his own beliefs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, are you, if you're that, some people are so unfun to hang out with that that's their only option. Yeah, you know, like they're wait, just like, wait to be a white supremacist. Yeah, well, just hang out with them. They don't even believe it. They're just like, <laughs> you know, like when you're, you're so in jail, lame. you know, yeah. and you're just like, oh, I'll just go with these guys. I know you. Know? You, you kind of have to. That would be that's a, that's a scary situation. 
Yeah, I hope I'm not in that situation. That's a great show. I can't watch Orange is the New Black because it's about prison. Just because it's about prison, I can't handle it. No, I can't. Like, well, I, I couldn't handle like a funny Oz. That's, That's how what I'm I saying. feel about That's it. That's what I'm saying. If we're gonna... I say all this, and if any of you want to staff me as a writer, yeah, I sure. love your shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not <laughs> even... Every... See, that's the thing, is everybody saying Orange is the New Black is fantastic, and I know it is. No, I know. It's the I... same thing. It's like, it's like one of the best shows, like, if there was, like, like my favorite comedies on television would be, like, I guess, like, Parks and Rec, or, um, you know, Archer, <laughs> Kirby, these shows we just yeah, mentioned are, yeah. like, them the best, but if, like, somebody was like, hey... I know that like, <laughs> these are the funniest episodes. Or we've got this documentary on child soldiers. Yeah. Uh, of how they sell, like, hands as currency. And you're like, hands? I need to see that. They sell hands? I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, what's the worst thing? <laughs> they just trade hands. They don't have real. No, that, that, that's possible. That's yeah. my jam, too. I don't like depressing things. I don't like yeah. dark things. It sounds like you like darker things. I, I like realer things. Like, uh-huh. What was it? I watched. Uh, like in- Mothman. Mom, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, by the sure. way, I like well, I, so I like trippy that. things, but I even I even kind of enjoyed it. It was bad, but <laughs> it I enjoyed really it. It was bad, <laughs> but after a while, uh, you know, memory will replace things, and I'm glad I watched uh, Mothman Prophecies because some of the firsthand stories of seeing the Mothman were pretty cool. Yeah, that's all I remember. Yeah, I guess you're right. I just want somebody who's not bullshitting it. Maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's it. You wanted it to be legit. Yeah, you know. For the cause. Like well, the, you know what's funny? For the cause of me, just my cause. I don't know what that is. Uh, guys like us that are interested in weird, wacky shit. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what it is. I love uh, new agey stuff, but when you yeah. get a group of new agey things together, I can't handle it. I need it one thing at a time. It, it, it doesn't represent the group well. Like a convention yeah. where there's pyramids and crystals and time travelers and it's all that sort of stuff. Much. I'm just like, this is too much. Start. You need some sort of gateway where it's just like, you know, if you uh, meditate, maybe you can uh, leave your body. Like that guy, I want to talk that's to, but it. if he's at a table that's also selling talismans, <laughs> I'm like, I gotta go. Yeah. I can't handle this one yeah. thing at a time. Anyone signing selling incense from a van is not someone to get spiritual. <laughs> Why don't I like incense? Never liked it. Really? It's I'm alright with it. Well, are you a big weedman? No, I, I, I fucking stopped. When I was in high school, I loved weed, and then I just... I don't understand the children on got, the drugs. How did you do anything with your life? When I was high, on high school? Yeah. I don't do, well, I don't do anything now, but I... Uh, <laughs> no, I, I just mean in high school. How old were you the first time you imbibed? Like 14? 14. So you're Thir- brain... 13 drinking, 14 smoke weed. 13 drinking? Yeah. Pete, I've been in rehab twice. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. 13 drinking. Yeah, I mean, okay, we've had other people yeah. that drank uh, when they were 13, so maybe that's How not... How do they end up? Are they all sober now? I don't know. That's a good yeah. question. I, I'd really have to go into the supercomputer of, of um, these conversations. It's hard for me to access that know. right now, but I think, I think a lot of them probably are sober. Yeah, you're looking at your Moshe Cashers, for example. Started that's drinking right. preposterously young, off everything sort yeah. of thing. And then, you know, what do you, uh, we'll get to what you're replacing yeah. it with. <laughs> but you, okay, so your brain, this is the, this is the mm. only argument I have. If I were to have kids and I wanted to tell them about drugs, and did you get yeah. uncomfortable? No, no, not at all. Okay, I didn't know. I, felt I think I just I, look uncomfortable most of the, you know, you, I think it's just one of those. default to discomfort. I, yeah, I think I just, you know, yeah. I don't know. I felt I just I just don't want to have that. I just move stuff. I was in a meeting right before this, and I you know I know you too, and I like you a lot, but I still have this. And I was liking her a lot, but I yeah. was just still I just took keys and I kept pushing it back to each pocket, and she kept looking at me like I was gonna leave. But I just yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's everything's off-putting. about to end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You might as well get ready for it. You know what I think. <laughs> You know what I think it was? Like you mean leaving the room? I mean, I'm with just your like keys? getting out. You know, like like De Niro and Heat. 
You know, I got to be out in 50 seconds. Got to be ready. I got to be ready. <laughs> All I remember from you me is You turn your back, you just see me running out of the comic book shop <laughs> to Guitar Center. <laughs> what were we saying, though? I was just uh, about to... Oh, we were talking about that. Uh, 13, yeah. yeah, 13. So your brain, uh, on the scope of your... Oh, this is what I was going to say. If I have children, you tell them... Look, your brain isn't done cooking. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you take it out and cover it in beer or weed smoke, it's like an interesting experiment. That's what I'm wondering. See, like if I were 13 and I started drinking or, or, or smoking pot, right. um, I don't think I would have – I had a really hard time focusing on schoolwork anyway just because you're a kid and you're like, what if polar bears came in? You know what I mean? Right. Like just having these fantasies. Yeah, and- I mean I wasn't that great. I was an okay student. I was like a – B student that could have been an A student type of guy. And I think it's because I was uncooked the whole time. Yeah. I still feel kind of uncooked. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Like We're all still uncooked. But that's yeah, the thing yeah. is, I feel like I'm so close to being a doofus. I di- I'm glad I didn't uh, start that stuff early. But it, you yeah. still got B's. Yeah, I did okay. It what? wasn't great, but it was okay. <laughs> in Rutherford. I mean, it wasn't too. No, I went to Westchester in high school. In, in Westchester? Rutherford. Westchester, New York. I went to high school in Westchester because uh-huh. you know, my parents moved when I was in eighth grade, and then I was in Jersey until I was, you know, thirteen or fourteen, and then we left. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in L.A. for like a year when I was three. And that was about it. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Your dad just made a go at he it. He wrote for the Cosby Show. <laughs> no, he yeah, didn't. He did. Well, he, he didn't did. wrote for Suzanne Blachette out here, and then he went back to New York to write for the Cosby Show. Your dad was a comedian. No, he he's a, comedian? a he's a very serious writer, but he used to write comedy, and now he wants nothing to do with it. No, yeah. your dad wrote for the Cos. He wrote for the Cos back in the day, and then Suzanne Blachette. That and, shot. Oh, that's right. It's shot in front of a live uh, studio audience in, yeah. in New York. Yeah, he, he didn't like. He got that job because he had a play that um, Jason Patrick was in in either L.A. or New York, and they loved that play. So then they hired him as a writer. Oh my god! Yeah. They hired him off of a play. I think so. I mean, it was so different. It was so much like he didn't understand, and I mean, he did. He just didn't understand. Like he went to go see a show being taped, and. Uh, <laughs> And Cosby, there was a bit where Cosby was like talking to a seal or something. Oh, yeah. My dad's like, hey, I didn't write that. And they're like, shut the fuck up. Do you know how this works? I don't... It's called the Cosby Show. Because uh... you so used to plays where like everything is just kept in that the writer wants. Like, oh, right, of no course. Idea. Whereas with television, by the time it gets to performance, you'd yeah. be lucky if you had three jokes still in it. Yeah. I just talked to somebody that wrote a Simpsons episode, and that was my question. I said, how much of it stayed? And he said, none of the jokes, some of the story. Wow. Which is sad. Just sad yeah. re- reality. Uh, anyway, so you're, that's incredible. I guess we'll get back to your dad. Yeah. <laughs> but you're so you're at Westchester High School. Uh, Westchester High School. Is that as snooty as it sounds? It sounds um, like it was you... the snootiest, but still public. It was really. <clears throat> it was kind of like the time machine because like it was a very white preppy place. But then they would bus in kids from the projects who were in a group home. We did. So, we did that too at my high school. Yeah, like nobody could be like it, it wasn't like oh this jock or this because then all of a sudden. Just a drug dealer would beat the shit out of one of these kids trying to be popular, and it wouldn't be, you know what, what I mean? Like it would be like, it's like you can't be a bully if there's someone who really knows how to kill you, oh who's at the God, bottom of the social that status. Is funny, it, that is so, so it, funny. It you got a weird. leather man uh, jacket, leather man, leather man <laughs> yeah, jacket. Leatherman. He's Leatherman. Like, what, what the fuck's up with this? He goes, I don't have a dad, motherfucker. I'm yeah. gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying <laughs> to know? bully some guy who's slightly effeminate, and then he gets stabbed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. but I mean that was very. It was still probably the Maras went to both of my school the Katie, Katie and Rooney Mara I was in plays with both of them I don't know girl with dragon tattoo okay. and the girl from House of Cards I'm very relieved that that, that wasn't like a huge politician or something no, no, <laughs> I no, do no, not no. need to know no their parents are. are the Giants and the Steelers so that oh, was wow. weird that 
they went to public high school, yeah, but they, they did. Why would they go to public high school? Yeah, I have no idea. So you're you're going to the school. We we had our program was called Metco. Was yours called Metco? Metco? Yeah, Metco. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that is. You have like a Metco kid. Means, oh, Metco kid. means he's from uh, Mattapan, basically. Like yeah. he would come in from uh, Matt. And I had a lot, a lot a lot of lovely friends. I don't know. why I just got defensive. I was like, is this coming off as racist? But it was true. We had a lot of kids coming in from Mattapan uh, and other yeah. areas, Roxbury and all that sort of stuff. That would come to Lexington, which was like the the Westchester of. Uh, of New England, of I guess, New England, right. a little bit. So a similar situation, but there, I, there was never any trouble. It sounds like there was trouble. There, well, I school. mean, there really wasn't. It just every once in a while, there would be like the tough kids yeah. would try to like get tough with the real tough kids, and it would be <laughs> oh, a fucking boy. disaster. You know what? I used to I hear. Can curse. Yeah, I can curse. Yeah, of so. course. I, I used to hear rumors of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's all I remember learning was like you don't want what you said about social status, like people that. Uh, potentially might have less to lose. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you're, you're in your stupid SUV and you're an asshole, and it's like, like you said. Yeah, if you have nothing to lose, it doesn't like... That's what's like, scary. There was yeah. a, I remember all the like tough kids from my grade decided to fight a gang from Yonkers, and it was a disaster. Like, people got chained. <laughs> like, everybody came to school, the welts. I mean, it was a disaster. And one of those kids is tough. He, like, went to Afghanistan. Where my school, he went to Afghanistan after, you know what I mean? He, like, he was a tough kid. But, like, uh, it, oh it was, you know, these guys, they were just not mad. They showed up with dogs. They're like, who are these kids with these dogs? They showed up with dogs? Yeah, yeah. Like, they had, like, pit bulls there and shit like that. So it was just kind of, you know, like, it wasn't really that. You arrange uh, for a gang fight? I get. I don't know. There was some you beef with two it? other kids. I don't know. At that point, I was like, I either I was like in the popular popular crowd for like two months, but resented it because I was picked on so bad in middle school <laughs> that I just went from theater to drug group back and forth. Oh, really? To pro wrestling group. There was three, three groups that I would <laughs> go three, back. And the three forth. food groups. Yeah, the three yeah, food groups. So I didn't really know that. I knew like I'm buddies with a few guys from that crowd, I guess. But and they they had uh, some beef. As it's, yeah, uh, I just uh, remember our, my whole high school was our class was so phenomenally depressed and self aware of how depressed they. It wasn't the same sort of like <laughs> popular. I remember we had a we had a we had an assembly where we talked about our problems and everyone just screamed at the other person but it wasn't like this guy's a nerd it was like you're full of shit no you're full of shit it was like wait i don't understand the most dysfunctional you're getting up and you're sharing your problems and people are yeah they brought in like therapists for the school and it was a disaster like each kid took the microphone to call out another group yeah and every like member of the group like it was like the un when like (laughs) you know they're about to like bomb a, like Siri or something and all the Syrian diplomats come on and just start screaming at everybody. It's oh like, well, you guys God. do this. You guys do this. They gave the floor to the jocks and then the theater yeah, kids yeah. and then the rest. And everybody kids. hated everybody. Like, everyone uh, booed everybody. It was no! The, it was the group. But it was the... There was Did you like, get up and talk these. about your problems? I forget. I was such a fucking... Like, I was... If I had seen myself, I was so full of hot air. Really? Like, I, I probably made speeches... <laughs> You know, like, Gave quoted Eugene O'Neill. Who knows the horrible things that I... Like, I know that if I had met myself in high school, there's no way that I would have... I would be like, this guy's so full of shit. Yeah. It's the worst. Of course you were. This guy's the worst. Yeah, that that is what the, one of the feelings of becoming an adult is going like, oh, I've been full of shit every day except today. <laughs> except and then today. tomorrow I go, except yeah, today. Every, you're always full of shit. But especially when you're a kid, you don't have the common sense. You don't have the foresight to go like, maybe I shouldn't be so bold because maybe I'll change my mind about everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, sure. that's happened to me for sure. Uh, so you, you were... Do you remember getting up... Oh, you said you didn't get up and talk. Uh, what group were you in when you started drinking? The um, popular kids? 
high school. No, they, they came like when I first started meeting like uh, the kids, like the guys who were in the Grateful Dead and stuff. Like, I would, but like we would do stuff like I would, we would we would just steal from each other's parents' liquor's cabinets and like fill it up with water until you know that one day where one of the moms would like pour a drink, right? And it would just be all water. And yeah, like, come on, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, I would do that a lot, and then I would like, I would like drink in the morning sometimes too. Like we would just before we'd go, like, the bus would come, I'd take a, sh- a couple shots of vodka. And really? Run. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Oh my god, but, um, that's wild. So yeah. what was the, what was the fir- who first time whose idea was it? Because here, let me let me just put you in perspective of yeah. why I'm so confused yeah, by yeah. this. Is like, did you I, not do anything in high? school? I didn't do anything in high school. I didn't drink until I was twenty. Oh, that's pretty I good. I, there was maybe one time. When I was, yeah, I was probably 20. I was probably 19 or something. I got a beer with my brother one time, but it didn't, like, take hold. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I wasn't like, this is for me. And my dad always, it was never a big deal. It was a little bit European. My dad would always let me try beer. I knew what a Southern Comfort tasted like. Right, that's right. what my parents would drink, which is disgusting. <laughs> Just like it Manhattan. Kind of gross. And I, so I would sip it. Or I'd eat the cherry, you know, that kid yeah, the thing. Was like, good, let me eat yeah. the cherry. But it's soaked in booze. <laughs> uh, but, you know, not until I was, until uh, I got married did I not, I didn't start drinking really till I got married. So I was 22. Yeah. I think I was probably coping. With the enormity of my decision of to get, getting, married, of getting married, yeah, I didn't really give it any thought beforehand. But then once we were like uh, suddenly like uh, graduated, hyper graduated to adult, because now you're not not only are you 22, but you're yeah. also a married. Like it's such a, a preposterous married. idea. Yeah, and if like you don't have any like man. skills like to farm, if you don't know how to farm, a 22 year old marriage, you're fucked. <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I had nothing. I was trying to do comedy. That's so much of a like a ballsier thing though than to start drinking at like 13 or 14 to get married. At oh 22. yeah, that is gangster. That is like yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. You thought you were rebelling? Yeah, I yeah. rebelled against everything. Yeah, that is the ultimate sneaking liquor yeah. out of your parents' cabinet. That's right. He's getting married at 22. And my brother and my father were both like, what are you doing? Don't you want to like live a little? And I was like, no. Refiner's fire. That's a Christian song. <laughs> and then I got married. And then I started drinking. I remember yeah. White Zin. White Zin was the first thing that I was like, I could do this. White Zin. <laughs> what was your... So tell me... I like whiskey a lot. Um, really? Yeah, it's a hard one to get in you. Yeah, I mean, I think too. I, you know, I was so pretentious, and I like I, I used to love like you know O'Neill and Sam Shepard and all. And I was like, oh, those guys drink whiskey. That's what I need to do right. is to drink whiskey. Right. But then you know, for whatever reason, you try doing it, you either like it or you don't like it. You well, know? it lights up your brain in that way, and it yeah. sounds like it did. Yeah, for it you. was pretty pretty amazing. I you know I still <laughs> think that there's. You know, I have a lot of my life's pretty good right now, but there's this is such a depressing thing to say, but there like the times that I've been like alone and really happily drunk, I don't think I've had anything close to that. <laughs> oh my <laughs> like, god. No stand up set, no sex I've ever had, no love I've ever been in love yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah. Even Being like alone. the love my family. <laughs> it's that's how fucked up I can't believe I'm saying that. No, that is that's great to share. I really yeah. think that's a good dead on look at, at, at addiction, right? I mean mm-hmm. that's that gives a little poetry actually and a little bit of an explanation why your brain I think about this stuff all the time. There are things that I'd like to not be doing in my life, whatever it may be. I'm always abstaining from something or trying to steer away from one thing and into another thing. I just went off porn on this show. Oh, you're done? Yeah, I'm I'm off the porn. Uh, We can talk about that if you'd like. But what I try and say to myself is I'm like, I'm just 
Okay, I believe that there's me, and there, if there's some sort of soul, that's me. But then there's yeah. the ego me, and I'm just stuck in this body, and I'm just stuck in this brain, and I'm kind of a slave to my chemistry. So, like, drinking this coffee or drinking alcohol or eating pizza, all of it is just causing – you know, I'm not a neurologist, but, like, yeah. causing neurons to fire, and it's, and it's causing these uh, memories, and, and uh, you know, certain chemicals are released, and I get pleasure and all that sort of stuff. So sometimes that helps me, and I go, like, well, fuck it. I, I'm, not, I'm not just a machine that runs off this stuff. But for you – Alcohol, you drink it, and your brain does this dance that it refuses to do for other things. I would say, yeah, for sure. You can't like play frisbee and and feel as good as you feel alone and drunk, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I mean, it gets tough. I mean, like, yeah, no, there's really nothing, nothing even comes close. Well, what do we? Because I've I've said many times on the show that my favorite way to drink is also alone. Yeah. So that yeah. was what was that for you? I could tell you what it was for me, but I'd rather for you. I mean, you know, for me it would be like a like if I, I, I you know some pussy liquor like Canadian club, you know what I mean? Pussy liquor is kind of misogynist, but uh, something I just like that, like a bottle of Canadian of club. Vagina. But I would have something usually really cheap, and then a thirty pack, and those two like together would be terrific. <laughs> That is okay. That is, and then like that's really then, intense. Honestly, how old are we when we do in that ball, little combo? Like an eight ball coke. Those no, are, those no. Together. And then you get like a couple Roxies to take it down. A couple what? It, you know, like perks and or something like that. To take down. But usually, I would just take Tylenol PM because I didn't have any painkillers to try to fall asleep after all the coke. And I would just like chug Tylenol PM with beer. This is different. <laughs> From anything I've ever known. <laughs> I feel like everyone comes on this, you know, people were like, maybe I said too much, I don't know. You didn't say nearly yeah, enough. No. This I is mean, exactly this, where this, we want to be. Was kind of like, like when I would do that, it was just, you know. How you old are we? Downer. Well, that was just after college. That was like 22 or whatever. And then, you know, when you fuck up again every once in a while. I haven't had anything in about a year and a half now. Okay, that's great. That's fantastic. Back, so, that's, I, I, I had two and a half and then I was like, I could try this again. Yeah, and then that was not the case. It's always a, a sad thing. I've, I've I've seen sober friends of ours recently, you know, yeah. having a drink or two, and I'm like, oh, this is why you don't do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're terrible. <laughs> like, no <laughs> one's enjoying this. Uh, even you, I don't think are enjoying it. The person, yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think that like in, in two now, I'm at the point too where I can never really do it around anyone else. Yeah, like I would just. I think I would just disappear for a couple of days. That would be my. <laughs> You'd canane it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going to the woods. Canane it. Who knows what he's doing in the woods? <laughs> Nobody knows. He comes back changed. <laughs> Kyle, for those of you who don't know, uh, occasionally will hey, disappear. Kyle He'll... Canane is the equivalent of mud. You know that Matthew McConaughey movie? That's no. Out? Oh, there's a. It's that. There's like this guy who lives on an island trying to skirt charges of a murder. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, except Kyle only murders crown. Exactly. Okay. Am I right? <laughs> so that's uh, so. What, what what is the motivation uh, for me for, uh, when I drink? Yeah. Uh, it's because I can't handle it. <laughs> like life gets overwhelming. Yeah. I get. Uh, I'm an anxious uh, person, um, and sometimes just like. I really feel this need to destroy myself. I've talked about this a little bit on, on the show. And I, I yeah. say I have wheatgrass mornings and whiskey nights. You know what I mean? Where it's like in the morning, <laughs> all I'm doing is flooding my system with just like the freshest organic produce. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all and it's hikes and it's sunshine and it's friends and it's connection and it's presence and it's meditation and it's beautiful. And then often at night, I'll catch myself just being like, I also want to burn this bridge. Like I want to oh, yeah. I want to light everything on fire. I, I've, I've diagnosed that as a, as a feeling of like, I don't like anybody telling me what to do 
including myself. I don't know what that means, but I'm just like, I can have this or whatever. But I know I'm not my best when I'm drinking a lot. Yeah. I'm currently not, which is great. But it's anxiety, I think. What what was it? I feel like with both of those things, though, like when you're trying to be as healthy as possible or burn down every bridge, it's like you're nervous about becoming part of the Spinozan hole. Do you know what I mean? No. Like that whole like idea of like, all right, I don't have an identity. If I'm just you know a worker amongst workers or I'm essentially a part of the entire God complex, <laughs> well, there is no me anymore. You know, people way, are terrified you're... of that. So like either when you're like trying to actively become like, I'm going to do everything right. Yeah. Or, Fuck. And I'm going to do everything wrong. It's a rebellion of yes. you being part of a, a system that's a lot more uh, important than you and still infinitesimal. That's brilliant. You know? Yeah, that's brilliant. I really think uh, that's what I have what so it many is. jokes that end on, eat my dick! <laughs> so, please don't anyone buy my album thinking that's going to be like no. that. <laughs> no. No, I think that's really what it is, is, is there's a certain delight in not being able to even pin yourself down. Right. Like, oh, I, you don't get it. You I don't, I don't even me. get it. You don't get me, that kind of shit. I don't get me. Yeah. And there's a pleasure to that, I think. But I also think, and this is something I uncovered in therapy recently, I think either way I'm trying to purify myself. Like, I think there might be something inherently wrong with me. And you want to big. You were a Catholic wrong Well, up, see, right? Well, you you're, right, you're right to go to religion. It's not Catholic. I was regular. You were regular? <laughs> I was Protestant. But, uh, yeah, I was Protestant, too. Which I always like to point out is not as old as the Catholic Church. And that's why that's a joke. Anyway, so um, I feel like there's something probably wrong with me. So when I'm cleansing, when I'm drinking wheatgrass or whatever yeah. the fuck it is I'm doing, I really think I'm trying to, like, get light in the cracks and shed some stuff out. And when I'm drinking, I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying to kill it one is like i'm going in with a peace treaty and the other is like i'm napalming it but whatever it is is i'm trying to like You're finding a solution to the problem tear some stuff up yeah i, yeah, I, I don't i don't like this about myself <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it's like uh, you know the whole bondage of self shit it's fucking what do, what do you mean oh being trapped in yourself yeah it's it's tough you know it can um, feel overwhelming yeah but uh where did you get that bondage of self it's like an aa thing that's an old aa thing oh really Being trapped in the bondage of self um, <laughs> that's depressing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a heavy one. I mean, I was very religious when I was growing up, and then oh, you were? Yeah, pretty. I mean, I don't so, know. But I mean, sort of. Is I, your I you know? I'd read you know like Thomas Merton and C.S. Lewis and sure. all that, and then Clive Stables confirm Clive Stables. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking Anne Rice. Uh, <laughs> Isn't Anne Rice the vampire? The vampire one. One. <laughs> she is like a huge Christian again now, though. She really. is. Yeah, she's not afraid of crosses. Oh, okay. I just watched uh, Interview with a Vampire yeah. again. It is the worst. <laughs> I it? always want it to be good. It's You watch it again. I want it, it to be really good. Tu- they should just call that movie Theater Major. Like, <laughs> the vampire just seems like... I, I want a Tom Cruise to be replaced by Jared Logan in that movie so bad. That's only for Jared and you, I guess. I'm going to get shit talked from that. <laughs> oh, my. Right. Did you say I was Tom Cruise? Uh, that's a good Jared. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's a good Jared. Has Jared done the show? God, that's the first time I've not been sure of someone did the show. We got to get Jared on. Anyway, what was it? Uh, what was it? What, what are you going after when you were escaping? Um, I think I have, a, I have a ton of anxiety, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really do. have. I have so much anxiety. So, uh, I think that there, there is definitely that where I, I just feel like all the time, you know, it's like, uh, moving keys. Yeah. Like <laughs> moving keys. I just feel like, uh, I don't know. It's a, you, I, one of my favorite movie is parenthood. You know, that scene where like Steve Martin has got the, he hears the roller coaster or whatever. Like I when he's seeing the well parents, 
he's seen his kids tear down the set of the play. Yeah. And he just feels that. <laughs> and like, he has that. It's that kind of thing, I feel. Yeah. Like most of the time, you know, which is, is a set, it's probably, you know, it helps because I'm able to. You know, get uh, work done easily. Well, it's that funny. Way. That's what I was just going to say. Right. I, I wonder if you and I both uh, relentlessly pursue our, our our jobs and our craft because that's a perfect place to hide. All. It's like having all this nuclear waste and stand up is like these barrels. <laughs> you can be like, <laughs> Let's just barrel it up and hide it in a tree like Mr. Burns. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, doesn't that transfer? Is that your new addiction? Is it, where, where are you? I, putting... I don't know. I mean, like, because I could still be pretty late. I mean, I think it's anything. I'm starting to get. I, mean, I was talking talking to Kate about this. Like, I've never heard anyone call Katie. Katie. Kate. <laughs> I don't know why. Because I, I always think of uh, me my sister for some reason. I have a familial. It's a good thing. I don't know what I'm trying. No. I'm trying to cover the fact that I didn't. I no, 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 no. Um, that is her name. Yeah. <laughs> it just uh, sounded weird. But uh, I, you know, I, I have. Uh, I, I think that um, I, I'm getting sick of stand up too. Sometimes. So. Sure. Like, you know, like, I don't think I need to get up 14 times a week anymore. Were you, you know one of I mean? those? I was. And, like, I went, I had this moment, like, two weeks ago, I was at an open mic. And I was like, I think I'm done with open mics. Doing an open mic a week after I did Conan, my second late night in a half hour. I think I'm fucking, can I be done now? Yes. Like, after no one laughed at my shit. And I was like, you fu- you fuckers, I'm your god here. It's the one place I should be your god. And then I was like, I can't. If I'm getting this reaction where I'm becoming, like... You know, <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I gotta get it where I'm becoming like Doctor Moreau or something. I this. really appreciate your transparency because there is that moment where you, where you have to. But you guys, you're from that group. I think I don't uh, want that group anymore. I don't want to be like the guy who does it 16 times a week. Anymore. That's a weird group. I think I just want to do it five times a week and think about what I'm saying <laughs> rather than That's like interesting. doing it like 16 times a week and like. And don't get me wrong. All I wanted to do was like, oh, I want to work all the alt rooms and all the clubs in New York, and I'm doing that. Yeah, for the most part with the exception of like maybe one club um and then every everything but thanks then, a lot uh, caroline <laughs> so i'm just kidding yeah, yeah. i'm just wondering <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, um so i always get no it's the it's the seller i haven't auditioned there yet i have a lot of respect for that room you know i'd love to work there at some point but i, I think uh you know your whole you're trained especially in new york to do like five spots a night yeah like seven you know days a week yeah and then you're just like I know that this was like a big deal back in the day in Boston or something, mm-hmm. but like a lot of those guys fucking sucked. I know. So it's like, what are you guys talking about? Right, right, right. You know, right. the guys who were, would, did it like seven times a night would probably have still been great if they had done it. Right. I'm it's, not it's saying not, like once a month. It's here. not weightlifting. Actually, even if it is weightlifting, you're supposed to take some days where your muscles are healing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really think that's completely. You're making me remember that is such a New York thing. And when I was going up every night mm-hmm. <clears throat> in New York, I remember seeing this person talk to... It was a woman, if that helps the story. Yeah. A female comic. Not listening. Ah, <laughs> talking to this other guy. a blog guy. written about me now. This sweetheart yeah. kid came up and said something about like, oh, I'm just going to go to the movies tomorrow or something. And she, and she said with such judgment. I've never seen someone judged harder. You don't go up every night? She said that to him. And I was like, this isn't my group. I'm not the go up every night group. Everybody yeah. knows this, that listens to the show. You got, you can't do that. Even five, I mean, I guess we're in different places. I, I'm just talking about stand-up yeah. wise. Maybe we've always been, but I've never wanted to. After I did it well, for Well, you do five a nights a week, right? Or less no. than that? You think like three or four? It's like three to four, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could do that now. Especially, yeah, I think I could do that now. Yeah, absolutely. Like five times. Five times would be great. I took off. A week, and I felt like everyone's like, "Oh man, after three days, you're gonna feel like yeah." 
And I was like, this is amazing. Uh, this is the best feeling that you I've are, ever had Kyle. in my life. Yeah. You wear that beard proudly. That's <laughs> perfect. But and, because- I'll, and I'll call my manager and she'll freak out because be like, is there any way I can find a way to get out of this and just quit and no, do something else? And she's no. like, you can't ask me this when I'm like trying to actively make stuff happen. Right. And I'm like, I know. Just Why like- would you call your manager with that? <laughs> I, the I, have, I have no filter because well, I have this plan that someday of like who's your manager? Fall, it's a, it's Olivia at Avalon and Olivia yeah, Wingate. You didn't even do the accent. And, <laughs> I just do it in the worst chimney sweep. Hello, hello. I can't do this. You'll be doing this for me. You will. Uh, it was you the bad guy from Oliver. No, I, I got some connections with chimney sweeps. <laughs> Why do you want to get out? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I have this fantasy where it's like, well, somebody said this about me. That it's like, Dan, your fantasy is to like, I just want to, you know, it's like that Goodwill hunting thing. Maybe I, <laughs> I just want to disappear. But then like, I'll be like, you have no other skills at all. You've like rendered every other. Right. Like, I think I'm just going to open up like a honey shop somewhere <laughs> in Vermont. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm not, you know, I don't know. Like, I was thinking about, I got to love to run, like be just do a radio thing. Like, you know, in Burlington, Vermont. You know, that'd be great. I'd be the funniest guy there. I, I'm Right now, I am the funniest comedian in Burlington, Vermont. Of course you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You I'm could... going to get some backlash from that, but I'm saying that right now. So go there. I make mean, you know, you could do a thing. Like, I, if I get enough, like, maybe I get on a TV show for two seasons or something. Like, that yeah. happens somehow. Uh, and then, like, I'm able to, like... You know, parlay that and like getting a radio gig for like fifty a year, fifty thousand, sixty. At this point, I have no representation. I gotta have a real family. I gotta have a real shot at this happiness thing. Right. You know what I mean? Get like a wife. You, you know, know what I mean? Some breakfast. <laughs> for real, real shit, man. Is that? <laughs> Look, I am with you. I. I how old are you? Twenty nine. I've been yeah. everywhere you just talked about. I, I've yeah, had yeah. that fantasy, but most of them were when I was married, when I was trying to squeeze such a crazy lifestyle into this mold, this pre existing mold that you lubricate with alcohol. Yeah, uh, white zin in my case. Yeah, yeah. But like that was when I was like, oh, I had the. Ex- I can't. You're kind of making me depressed. This whole, which is great. I love feeling anything. <laughs> I really do. The worst feeling is no feeling. So I'll, I'll go into the trenches with you. I'm just saying, like, I remember being like uh, married. And having the exact same plan, get on a show for a couple of seasons and then open an inn. And then I would be <laughs> the funniest bartender. Yeah, you would be. And I You're already, to... You are already the, the funniest, funniest bartender. bartender. That's amazing. You already made fun- a dream happen. <laughs> I, what is it, though? I, see, this is when you start peeling back the layers of a comedian. I honestly think you start getting into a couple unpleasant things. And one of them is, uh, is it, it can be a little bit ugly, but you're just kind of like you, co- you couldn't be uh, a regular person or something. You're just kind of like that would embarrass you or something, like being a bartender. Hey, didn't you yeah. used to be on that show? It, it, these aren't good things. I'm not yeah. saying I necessarily no, that's have fair. them. But like when I – I was actually just talking to someone last night where I was like it would be an interesting documentary to find comedians that, uh, that uh, stop doing it. And, I'm, and it wouldn't – cert- the whole thing would be from their perspective and on their yeah. side and talk to them about why they stopped, what they're doing now, do they miss it, and what was their best bet. Because all of them had some amazing clothes. Well, I heard that Rick Moranis <laughs> has like – The Moranis. You heard about A this, dairy right? farm or something. Well, no. Yeah, he like – does he have a dairy farm? I thought he was on a farm. I heard he's the only person who's unfamous himself. Like he can walk everywhere, and it's You've it sounds erased. like it's a process. Yeah, you got erased. Yeah, it's like a breaking bag when in. they call up. Ah, uh, he ordered the filter and on the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I had a tweet about that where I was like, you know, that guy's so excited when the phone rings. He plays it cool and goes like vacuum repair, but before when the phone rings, he's like, 
<laughs> He's like, calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Oh, it was Saul. It was Saul. Uh, but you, I'd love to talk to Rick oh, Moranis. Man. Did Rick Moranis do Nerdist? Yeah. I should listen to that. No, never mind. Maybe I'm just making up things. No, but he unfamily. Unfamily is like, listen, I'm really trying to get back into this. I don't know where this rumor started. Uh, <laughs> I'm at auditions Stop. every day. <laughs> People keep saying you look like Rick Moranis. I am Rick Moranis. I was excited to get a call back in a fucking sprint ad. Yeah. Please. I understand. Okay, so look, you want I'll, again just to relate Here's things I probably won't, but I think it's just the thing where it's like the pressure, like. I'm working with amazing people on this one thing now, and one of the things came back, and I fucked up, and I put the wrong thing in, I thought, in my head, where I was like, this isn't good, I changed this, this shouldn't be changed, it, I want to kill myself. Like, that's my, like, my really? I go right to, like, this, I'm fucked, I can't believe I did this, I make fun of people being shitty, I'm shitty, I'm a piece of shit for doing this, <laughs> what was I thinking, you know, yeah, I gotta quit, I gotta get out of here, you're gonna I do gotta that, quit or kill myself. You're gonna do that in your honey shop, too, you're gonna be like, yeah. I, I labeled it <laughs> as avocado, uh, but it was orange, and uh, and you fucking freak out. That sounds like a, a problem you'd carry with you wherever Yeah, you probably, go, that's, right? that's it. Yeah, maybe that is. I don't even have, like, some fun dad from Shine giving me abuse. You know what I mean? Ah. I just something. I don't know. Jeffrey Rush? Is you know, that you that know the dad who's, like, beating the shit out of him piano? I don't even have, yeah. like, a good excuse. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. You know? All I remember is he, one of the times was he uh, shit the tub. He used his Oh, that's right, yeah. You shit the tub. I was yeah. like, oh, boy. Not only are you getting your ass kicked, but you have the embarrassment of shitting in the bathtub. <laughs> That's a terrible feeling. Yeah, you, it's, you're either at the worst or you're at the happiest when you shit at a tub. <laughs> there's, there's no middle ground. <laughs> you're never just okay. Yeah, things are either oh. going too well or you're, too badly you're for you. So, that has to be the greatest act of celebration there's ever been. You're in the tub, you get a phone call, you won the lottery or whatever, and you're like, fuck everything <laughs> i'm unloading in the tub uh, <laughs> with your arms raised yes. shawshank style oh my in the God. tub you know blind people do that when they succeed as well oh really yeah, I it's, didn't it's know not that. a visual thing it's, it's it's in our evolution that when you're when you succeed you want to spread out as big as you can i didn't know that, I didn't know well, that. i'm glad you guys have studies here is that true that is true. That is true? Oh, that, okay. That's actually, that's from a very fascinating TED Talk that I'm happy to share. Uh, has this come up on the show before? I was so happy to hear this. That if you stand like that with your hands in the air yeah. triumphant, I did talk about this. You feel better? You, oh, you saw it. It's a power pose. Yeah. It, it'll, it, like, they, they have the numbers. It lowers right. your, what's the stress hormone? Cortisol? Cortisol. It lowers your cortisol and raises your testosterone. It raises uh, your all, all your happiness, dopamine, all these words. That so if I like, like if I'm getting saying. the mood to fuck, I should like go like that. Yeah, absolutely. You should do that while you're fucking. <laughs> I bet it'll yeah. work. Let's both do it. But what you don't have to do. Uh, we're, we can still talk. Yeah, you don't. Uh, better. You can you can do this, or yeah. you can stand like Wonder Woman, which is much uh, more subtle. Just hands on hips, like fists on hips, which is what I do now. Like uh, I was shooting a remote or something. Yeah, those are like really tense. You're like in these open, uh, overwhelming situations. My hands are still up, by the way. <laughs> Over and so are yeah, 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 yeah. Open, overwhelming weird. situations, and I was like, this will be my little trick: is to like yeah. stand like Wonder Woman, and it'll like make me feel better. And it and it completely works. Katie's taking a photo. It made, it worked. How's the show going? By oh, the way, it works all the time. Yeah, we, we, we don't have to talk. About we don't that. Have to talk about. It. Okay. Now okay. let's just put them down because they're tired. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. No. I think it's just you know. I think you also called me on like a weird day. So yeah. this is. I'm having a weird week. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I think sure. I, I, I came in a weird. I don't know with this show too. I, you know, I, with, with you, I feel more of a. Uh, 
Like, I want to be honest. I don't want to just, like, uh, do the normal podcast thing. Oh, yeah. Just try to jump in the the thing. In the fray. You know, poke, poke the bear, you know. Kind of, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with... No, I get it. That, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm bad at analogies. But. I'm happy... Well, see, I think what I was getting at with the ugliness is, I think... And this is uh, hard for me to talk about because I, I really want people to like me and I don't want to come off badly. But when I think of myself running an inn... I yeah. have uh, this grotesque part of me that's just like, fuck that shit. I want to, like, I want to fuck the earth. <laughs> yeah, but you, yeah, but the thing about you is, like, you're one of the best. I'm not just saying well. that. Well. So it would be dumb. No, it would be really, it would be, it wouldn't make any sense it. for you to leave. But, but you, you know what I mean? <clears throat> like, it wouldn't, like, there's just not like a, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm not saying I'm bad. I'm good. But I'm just saying, like, it's, like you would have that, you would be at that inn. And you would fucking watch somebody on TV do stand-up, and the first thing in your head would be like, I could fucking be crushing it, and this guy's just doing okay. But that's that's how you feel, too, isn't it? Maybe. I don't know. You can't. You said you can't watch comedy. Why? One of the reasons is because we go, I'm so much better than this, or no. I know potentially I could be better than this. Or if I, I got think, my shit I, together. Well, I think this is this happens. No, I, sometimes I'll see, like, it'll be opposite. Like, I'll, I'll read something, I'll be like, wow, this is like... A lot better than me, <laughs> you know. Then That's you get like, and then this is another thing where then you wouldn't want to watch it because you're like, oh, like, uh, like I remember I was I read a book about John Lennon and he couldn't listen to music on the radio because either he'd be pissed off his stuff wasn't getting played. This is after the Beatles, yeah, or that it was better than him, like what he was producing then. So you'd like turn it off, right? I actually don't think it's. I don't think that that's. I don't think there's anything sinister with that. I think we just are around comedy a lot. We get sick of it. It's like yeah. any job. I think it's just, that's just any job. I think when I watch Mulaney. I go, oh, I'm a fraud. And I tell him that all the time. I just watch yeah. it. And I'm like, oh, this has a structure that I couldn't even begin to well, But I feel that way with you. I feel that way with But they say, okay, I'm, I'm happy and... to hear you say that. But yeah. here's the thing. It, how do I what, what, I'm telling you that I feel the same way as you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You'll, you'll be like, I feel like a fraud. So it's important to go. And I was just having a, a moment like this before I came into the podcast where I was just kind of like, I don't even, I don't even know if I'm that great of a stand-up. I think people like the podcast, but not as many people like my comedy as, as the podcast insane. or whatever. That's Wait, insane. But that's how people feel. It's important to I think let these things out, and I, I appreciate you right. saying that's insane. But like I know Mulaney for a fact has also watched me and been like, oh, he figured it out tonight. You know what I mean? Right. He, and he and he is I just think you know the best. Yeah, no, but that's that's crazy. Yeah, I, know, I can't but, believe. I, I mean, I, I really can't think of you saying that. I'm not just. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not trying to jockey. I did not submit to write for Pete's show. Okay? You did. This isn't a jockeying you thing. You did not. Uh, I'm not trying to like get something out of Pete. I just want everyone to know that I'm not trying to suck his dick here. No, I appreciate. No, it. I feel like you know. I see that with you, and I, well, I I always say this before. One of the things that I knew that I the first big thing that I got, like, and I'm not just saying this to blow smoke up your ass, but it was, I think it was nine months in a comedy. You asked me. To do gut bucket the second when you saw me the second oh, time yeah, and yeah, you just yeah. put me on the list, yeah. I was like, all right, I can maybe this. That's a good sign. Oh, that's they, great! Uh, that really? Good. I swear to God, that was a, I was really up there. That was up there. It was the first one of the no. big major things. Whoa! Yeah, no, it's like really corny, but to help people out, gut bucket. I hosted an open mic at yeah. UCB in New York, and it was at midnight on Friday. Yeah, I think it was midnight Friday, and uh, would put up. 30. It was you and TJ, and it was amazing yeah. because it was like we would come. You know, at, when you start out, you have this weird thing where you go to all these open mics and these sh- and these shows that you know you may be able to get booked on, so you hang out at them, and they're all terrible. Yeah. And you convince yourself that, like, certain acts that aren't good are good just because you're around them. And then I remember I went there, and I saw you two, and 
I was like, oh, this is like good. <laughs> you know, like, this is like, like, I think it was the same thing too when I used to go when I first started going to Greg Johnson's Johnson show. Yeah. Or all those like, you know, Rafifi <laughs> shows. The, first, the only Rafifi show I got booked at was like the last week and it was gone to complete shit. Yeah. I so it was that. like, I remember there was like four people. I'm like, this is not what I thought it would be. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Rafifi didn't die slow. Uh, suddenly it died very slowly. It died really slowly. Yeah, it was, right? uh, it was sad to watch. But uh, anyway, we would rig it, uh, gut bucket. Oh yeah, for <laughs> and sure. We would always look at all the names, and then we would put on a good a good slew of uh, randoms. But then we would make sure every third person was uh, somebody that was decent or whatever. But that was even big because you guys probably at that point didn't think like, you know, like you guys were probably where I like you know like well what should we do with our careers? But like that for those comedians who are starting like my group and a lot of guys now who are doing well, whether it be Lawrence. Or Mark Norman or guys like that. Dang. Th- that was a... Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Who will ever know the real me? Uh. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> oh, I wish he was famous so people would get that. <laughs> Who will ever know the real me? That, was, that, that so was one of those funny. shows that people would show up and be like, oh shit, that's like... That was like hope. That yeah. was the open mic of hope. Yeah. Like, You're making me want to start an open mic. I don't think No, I, I don't do think that it. anyone needs that anymore. Uh, what hope? No, an open mic <laughs> or hope. <laughs> but uh but it's weird now because I feel like the open mic scene now, it's like the opposite of that where it's like we all like looked up to you guys and now it's like these guys I mean it's like it's like if you you know when Texas Chainsaw when the girl wakes up and sees the family around and they're all like you know, no. the inbred family. That's what I feel like open mics are now. You go there and it's like like gummo or you know what I mean? Some shit like that. Just like people with turkey bones hitting the mic stands, you know. And you gotta you gotta cave drawings uh, take another look if you love open mics. You're not supposed to love them. You know what I mean? It's supposed to yeah. be a refining process. Yeah. It's supposed to slowly kill you, but you also have to <laughs> Uh, dip out and remember that there are better rooms. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? You have to at some point. Otherwise, you're going to lose some really, really great jokes because, like, I that that's one of the weirdest things is like the things now I consider myself good at comedy. The things that you do at first require you to be good at comedy. Open mics, getting a laugh at an open mic has to be like one of the hardest things to do. Oh, it's much and fun. you do it. That's the first thing you do. It's much harder than. Making a bit work at a club when you already have great bits around it. That's right. You're on a roll. It's like you're already sinking three-pointers and they pass you a new ball. It's like a better chance you're at least going to hit the rim and everyone's going to be like, it's okay. Yeah. That's fine. But you're starting with nothing and you go up and there's no better way to do it. And then if you're good at open mics, then what happens? You get to host somewhere, which is also like the The hardest hardest thing to do. Or you get booked on the first shows, which are the worst shows. The first shows? Like, you know, the first show. The first bar shows <laughs> yes. that you get booked on where <clears throat> it's your job to have the best set there because all the guys who are doing well are just going there, reading off a notepad yeah. and testing shit out before they work at an actual club. So it's your job to have the best set there right. because they don't need it right. nearly as much <laughs> as you do and they'll get booked again. Right, you know? right, right, right. So I, I'm, in, I'm going back now, something about what you just said, that idea, it sounds like you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. That sounds like some Vermont stuff. That's probably it. It yeah. also sounds like if you're calling your manager and having like crisis crises or whatever, or like considering walking yeah, away, yeah. it sounds like there's some turmoil. <laughs> yeah, that you. Well, I, I guess it's just you know, and I say this. This is the, <laughs> and like everything's going great. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like sure. I'm working on a bunch of uh, shows, possibly, you know, and hopefully something comes up with something. You know what I mean? And yeah, and I love doing it. I just think stand up is the part where I just get like. 
it's just exhausting. I don't know, and I just I don't know what it is. I just get uh, I just get exhausted with it sometimes. No, I completely I don't, understand. I don't, I don't know. You know, there's different reasons for stand up exhaustion. I'll tell you one yeah. that I ran into recently, where I, I've been doing uh, jokes about. Um, uh, polyamory. It's been coming up a lot on the show. So I was talking yeah. about people that are in open relationships and all this sort of stuff. And it's hard. Sometimes I ju- I've, I've canceled the show because I'm like, I don't feel like doing the jokes that I'm working on right now. Like, I'm just not in the mood to tackle those subjects. It's not like, right. it's not a town meeting. People aren't going to, like, debate me or be like, this is a preposterous <laughs> subject. Why are you even yeah. talking about it? Nothing like that. But, like, that's one reason I can be exhausted. But then, like, sometimes you have the opposite. If you have a bunch of new jokes now, suddenly you can't wait to perform. That's, that's really where you want to get like yeah. you talk about performing five times a week it's like fine but you want to drill some set until all the juice is out of it or you perform you book yourself five times a week because you're so excited about some new joke that you need and you get into that wonderful zone where you do hit a stride and you are you know hitting those three pointers again and again and then by the, by friday you really have a new thing and then, yeah and that's ready to that's go. the way to do it really sure of course to write it's almost like the back to how you started it where you write like, "Hey, I'm excited about this new five minutes of material." Yeah, yeah, Instead exactly. Of, I'm afraid of. Yeah, it's all about approaching it positively, you know. Yeah, all of it, I guess. Yeah, because if you approach it as I've got to keep the machine going, then right. it's like, well, you should be referring to comedy as a fucking machine or as a job. Yeah, that's, or that, as a job. See, that's that's crazy the thing too. is, I think at some point we need to remember that this just that's that's the freedom in going up and not doing any material like riffing is yeah. a beautiful ceremony for a stand up. I think to go like whatever I say is the show. Like I went on stage and, and I just started talking. Like I said, I'm talking about polyamory. I'm talking mm. about religion. Uh, I'm talking about there's a third thing that I'm afraid of talking about. Anyway, I'm talking about a bunch of things that I'm afraid to talk about, but we'll go into these little tangents that aren't necessarily funny. I've been talking a lot about uh, suffering and Buddha and talking about how we all want things to be permanent, but nothing's permanent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like, we'll go into this, into this tailspin, and that's a beautiful expression at that moment. There hasn't been a laugh in a while. It's still hopefully engaging, and you go like, this is the show. This is whatever I say is the show. I'm not a servant of my material. I'm not even a servant of the craft. We're all just like stuck. We want to just be in that moment and 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 yeah. own the silliness and the and the uh, and I guess the silliness is the right word of our jobs and no, not I look at it like true. I gotta get up more. I gotta get up more. Like fucking relax. It's supposed to be a joy. It's supposed to be a joy. And when it's a joy, you'll do better. You'll yeah. be doing better. If you can own the fact that it's not about hitting 18 shows in a week, it's about finding it, finding art, finding love, finding truth and all that sort of stuff. And you do that from fun things like fucking. I think that's true. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I think that's really, I think that's something that I have to kind of keep in mind sometimes, you know, because sure. I, I, and it's also like if you're not living your life, you're not going to get any. You're not going to have anything to say anyway. Right, 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 right. So it's like, why are you... Well, we've said that on the show many times, which is you got to live a life worth commenting on. you got to yeah. do something. And you know what? When you do go camping or whatever it is, you can't be going to get a bit. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know exactly I what I'm talking about. I went skydiving with my mother-in-law. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> terrifying. Truly a terrifying... We're sociopaths. But that... that <laughs> like, when you can let go... I'm trying to think of the last place I got a bit was... I'm trying to, I, I'd have to look at my phone. But they're always just showing up, these little deliveries... You know, you're living, you're reading, you're filling your brain with lots of good things, conversations, friends, yeah. moments, uh, dates, whatever it is that, that's going to stimulate you. And then, I, and you've been doing it a while, 
the the bits will just show up. They'll pop into your your brain. I hope. Yeah, I uh, I th- I think that the, no, this is actually makes me want to kind of do stand up. <laughs> this I say that, and I'm doing like twelve shows this week. I'm doing two spots tonight, two uh, two spots every night this week. See, I um, but, yeah, okay. Uh, no, that's true, and it makes it, it is great, and I love even working on the show. I think it's not even that because I love. I don't think I. There's never going to be a job I love more than stand up, right? And there's never going to be anything that I like more than writing shows or writing stuff. Sure, you know. It is, um, and yep. there's nothing that I like more than that. Um, so, I think it's just the pressure. I think that my psyche makes it unfun. Yeah, because like I just have to treat it like because I always feel like if if you don't treat it like a job, then you're not serious about it. Yep. But that's I think that that's the thing that is that I'm afraid that if I enjoy it sometimes, then I'm essentially going to become an open micer again. Interesting. You know, like because I'm not taking it seriously. All I'm doing is fucking. You know, and I've fucked up enough. In my normal life, that if I do it in this, right. then I'm going to become that again. Yeah. It's kind of a weird... But I, I think what I'm hearing is maybe a, a, a re-realization that sometimes it's fun to just like run around a field naked and be like, this is also my job. I'm uh, Guys, you can't see it, but I'm literally a phoenix rising from the ashes right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you said your dad was a very serious writer. Yeah, he's serious, dude. And it, where are we inheriting this pressure, this self-imposed maybe pressure? That's, maybe that's what it is. Is that part I, of it? My dad's a workaholic, for sure. Sure. He's like a crazy workaholic. So. Yeah. He loves workahol. That's a joke from the. Work, I can't. Guy. I can't take credit for that. Joke. That is an onion joke, and I love it. They did it with chocoholic. I'm a chocoholic. I can't stop drinking chocohol. <laughs> but yeah, so he, you, you saw that. Yeah, in your I father. think that like I just am nervous that if I don't work and I'm not thinking and I'm not making it miserable all the time, then I'm going to end up homeless. You're reminding me. Alone. Yeah, yeah. I one time went on eBay to buy a, That's pu- a-, a punch clock. So yeah. that when I worked on comedy, I could punch the card, and when I stopped, I could punch it again. So I could see how long. That sounds like such a good idea. That's how fucked up I am. I'm like that's good. I don't know. I'm putting in eight hours. That's exactly right. But I, I think you know, at a certain point, you need to let go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do. I don't. I. I mean, like, I think I, my prescription. <clears throat> but the, here's what's crazy about this conversation. Yeah, and I don't mean any. Uh, Disrespect to the examples that I'm going to say. Talking to you this way, it sounds like you're like a Mike Kaplan or something, or like a or a Dimitri Martin, but you're not. On stage, you're like yeah. you're what I would consider like one of one of my like group. Meaning you're open to improvs. You're present. Uh, I, I'm not saying those guys aren't these things, by the uh-huh. way. So take those guys out of the equation. I'm just saying you go up. And this is end. how the great Pete Holmes, Mike Kaplan, ah, starts the beef. <laughs> he brought dogs to the fight. Yeah, dogs, which is our god backwards. Go get him, God. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes write Mike Kaplan jokes in my head. They're terrible, but right. I do it just to think of what. Just you imagine might be thinking. someone counting cards at the casino really fast. Ah, He's a brilliant writer. Uh, so <laughs> the thing is, uh, what was I saying? Uh, you're you're not one of those like rigid. Your act doesn't necessarily reflect this rigidity. No, you know what I mean. You seem like, uh, which is good. That's good. You seem like you're freewheeling. I guess, you know, I got to get it because in the beginning it was like I want to be one of the best, and <laughs> I read my fucking. I think this all started after I read my YouTube comments of my Conan says. Oh no! Why did people we, a do month that? Ago. I did Someone that a month ago, me, yeah. and that's really what it is. I've wanted to quit comedy since reading those YouTube comments. That's what they are. That was it. I I read them and I was just like, <laughs> I counted the negatives to the positives. And uh, I don't know why I did that, but ever since I did that, yeah, I've not even wanted to. I, I, I've gone from wanting to be like one of the, <laughs> just like I just hope nobody hates this, yeah, you know. 
<laughs> it's just so sad. And it's fear is what it, it is. Really, what that's that is. what now it is. It puts us in a place of fear and depravity. I quoted, after reading those, the log line for the last M. Night Shyamalan movie. Which was? That's how depressed I was. Uh, danger is real. Fear's a choice. Wow. <laughs> that's how much of a YouTube comment sinkhole I was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I quoted M. Night to get me through. I'm going to tell you something else that was very moving to me. That I'm, I love that you made me think of it, which is the idea. I saw Kick-Ass too. Is it good? I loved it. I don't know yeah. what everybody's problem was. Everyone hated it. I was yeah, like, it's, this yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, I love it. And there's a moment where... Uh, she, uh, you know, what's her name? It's not Riot Girl. It's something like that. Some to the to yeah. kick ass. She says, and it and it's like this, like kind of light, fluffy movie. It's not supposed to like necessarily stir you or whatever. Or if it yeah. does, it's a surprise to me. And I was really moved because she said, uh, "We're our job is to take fear and make something good, or take pain and make something good." And I was like. Oh my God, that's what this is. Because what were, where were we? I was with Oren, who's my uh, supervising producer, and we were yeah. about to. Orin's great. I love Oren to death. Oh, the next day we were going to uh, interview a basketball player, yeah. and then we were going to go to NASA to shoot like a field piece. So it's all this like found stuff. And I was like, if I'm being honest, I'm afraid people will hate it. I'm afraid people will mock it. I'm afraid people uh, are just going to think I'm garbage and everything. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Use fear and make something good. That's your job. We're all soaking in pain and fear. It's, it, that is abundant. It's everywhere. And it's our job to kind of alchemize that and actually try and make something good. It yeah. really is noble. It really is. And I'm not just talking about stand-ups. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about like a fucking pharmacist that takes a little effort to like get to know people and, and have a moment. Even if it's not – I'm not saying know everybody's name. I'm just saying that's our job. We're either giving into the fear and writing shitty YouTube comments, and you're you're like just a, a scourge of yeah. the world, or we're we're not reading the comments, and we're and we're going to try and uh, give some gold to people. It's it's very humanity is like it's so much. <clears throat> you know, I remember I was doing the jukebox in Peoria, Illinois, and I was talking to some lady who was complimenting me after she obviously had a really traumatic brain injury, and it was like she really liked the show. But it was so much for me to just not cry. Yeah. I don't know why, because I was like, this woman's life has got to be fucking miserable. Yeah. And I'm the best thing she's seen this week. That's how terrible this woman's life is. <laughs> That's how, and my, and my, and I got like, so emotional by it. Yes. But then I became touched that I was having a genuine reaction, you know, to this lady. And yeah. it's part of the reason, too, why I'm probably really bad at AA. I'm just so afraid of giving up. You know, you're just afraid of getting hurt, I think, a lot of the time, you know, mm -hmm. when you... I don't know if this really has much to do with the fear thing you were talking about, but I think I'm afraid... I th I'm so afraid to... I'm so afraid to... to I don't know. I, I guess I, I guess there is that... I'm 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 as afraid of being touched. I, I had a moment... I was on the plane coming here on Saturday, and I thought about my dad's... What happens when my dad dies? And mm. then I just started, I almost started, I ran out of the bathroom, like having a panic attack yeah. on the plane, you know? Whoa. So I think a lot of that stuff, like, has, like, I think about that kind of stuff a lot. And everything is just so ephemeral. And Can I just say that I, this is uh, tricky territory, which I yeah. love. I really love all of this. We've we've gone into, like, four pockets that I've been uncomfortable with, which is, which is a great <laughs> podcast yeah. to me. Um, I completely re relate to what you're talking about. And I'm like... 
I often will feel overwhelmed by how much is happening. So much so that, did you see the Green Mile? Yeah. Remember when he, he's one of those guys that just feels everybody's pain. He's a, he's a real empath sort of yeah, guy. Yeah. So when he dies, when they kill him, sorry, spoiler, it's like 30 years old. <laughs> when he dies, and his name's John Coffey, Jesus Christ, it's all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, he, he gives that speech where he's like, it's too much. Yeah. It's, some, it's just too much. Like when I'm... I'm like, why don't I like parties or why do I prefer a one-on-one conversation? Like, you're almost too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm having a hard time handling this conversation. And I know exactly what you're talking about. When you see a moment, somebody with an injury, somebody that, that's going through a difficult time. It's too much. And you see it and you're just like, give me the John Coffee, no bag over my face, electric chair. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I have that... Because I had this moment, because I'll, you know, like every once in a while, I used to, uh, or I even do this because I'm convinced I'm a terrible person. So I'll be like, I'll volunteer once a month or once every, t-. but then I get there and I'll go to these like things and I won't be able to even communicate with the kids I'm trying to help because I don't know. It's too much for me to show my vulnerability to children. Yeah. So instead <laughs> I become this like weird stranger in a room where I'm trying to help them with their art. Yes. That's insane. And let me, let's address a couple things that you just brought up. Um, I oh, and by the way, I just want to—I love comedy. I'm not going to quit comedy. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. my manager's great. I'm not going to quit comedy. You're right not, yeah, so no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Nobody right? thinks you're going to quit comedy. All right. <laughs> nobody thinks you're going to quit comedy. I'm nervous. My career is going to be gone now. <laughs> you are. Yeah, you are a worry. A worried. A I get worried so person. fucking terrified all the time. You've yeah. you've had what um, Dr. Gary Penn, whose book is available now, my therapist calls. Uh, uh, pop-ups you've had a lot of moments where you're like don't not buy my album because i'm talking about this or like i'm gonna uh this is where the beef started with my kaplan you had one for me i know it was a joke but like you've had a lot of these uh concerns and then i think the most uh, pressing one that you just said was that you think you're a terrible person which i would like to relate to instead of uh, making you feel alone i i realized recently in therapy that i was saying i was like somebody was like pete's a nice guy or somebody texted me a lot of people when i got the show they were like it couldn't happen to a nicer person and i was like how crazy that they think i'm nice here's what's weird i am nice i'm objectively a, a nice person but i relate to what you're saying is that like when you know every part of you as you do as i do and you do for yourself you uh, this I'm, I'm quoting a course in miracles uh, that somebody told me it, it was that uh, a belief that most people have this is if someone could see your true self all of you every side of you they would recoil like a snake they of would course. be like you are a goddamn monster it would be an unmarketable show uh, you know what I mean? Because you're like, you're like, you think like the Sopranos had too many sides. You know, right. you'd be like, I can't, do th- I can't deal with the whole of a person. Yeah, that's that's impossible. Which is insane. That also annoys me. People, oh, Pete's a nice guy. Is he, it's couldn't that be a nicer guy? Get the show. It kind of annoys me. I don't why? know why? Because it's like you got the show because you're brilliant. You know what I mean? If, if that was, but I mean, I like if that was podcast. like the, but if that was like the, uh, and I'm sure there's be so many comments like Saint Germain blowing Pete. No, um, see, it, pop up. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, uh, but it's like it was like the nice, like then everyone who runs a soup kitchen would have their own fucking show on TBS. Oh, I you know, understand. It's like what kind you're of saying. a weird yeah, thing to yeah. say, right? I that suppose so. But I don't think there's any way because we've been so fucked up that like, like when something recently happened to me, like, where they were like, "Oh man, you know, you just, you just, you had that inherent talent." And you're like, "What? You don't think I didn't work for it?" And it's right. like you worked so hard. And you're like, "What? This guy doesn't think I have any talent." <laughs> you know, like, there's nothing that's going to be good enough. You know? But yeah. I, uh, I, I no. When you think about yourself as a whole. You know, you don't want to think about, you know, 
how selfish you can be. And, well, that's that, that's what know, that's a real big one. Or how much how terrified you you are of you know physical confrontation, even you know yeah. like like. Like what? that moment, have you heard of that moment where it's like, I saw this once for me and my friend are sitting there, and this guy and this girl who are dating are getting into it, and he puts his hand on her throat. Now, he's not choking her, but it's like that gray area of, like, what's going on. Yeah. And then they stopped, and they walked, but like, and we followed them watching this happen. Like, we followed them to make sure he doesn't hit her, but then we're like, should we step in? And there is that, there's that real gray, like, am I a good person oh, moment. Yeah. like. Yeah, and jury's not it out. It's you know? like in uh, Saving Private Ryan when the guy should go help his friend, but yeah. he doesn't. And again, a spoiler. But like, I think one of the reasons why scenes like that of cowardice is you're like, oh, I'm a coward. We love stories of heroes, and you know, like there's sometimes when you just feel untouchable. Like there's a great Ryan Gosling video where he breaks up a fight. You know oh, what I mean? Saw that. Yeah, which That's is insane. Fu- is that real? I don't. I think it is real. I'd like to believe it's, it's so real. obnoxious, right? Daddy, He's like just good at everything. Yeah, I know. But the thing is. Sometimes we all feel like Daddy Goss. Sometimes you're in that rarefied <laughs> air, and you're and you're just strutting around. And again, it kind of goes down to chemistry. You had a great breakfast. You had a wonderful phone call with your father. You got a blowjob, and you're walking. Yeah. And then you can break up a fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there are other days where you didn't have breakfast, and you had a terrible call with your parents. And then you're walking, and you didn't get blown, or, or you lost your it erection. Just depends on your day. Yeah. And then you don't break up a fight. You know what I mean? But what are we saying? Everybody's a, a hero and a coward like everybody I've said this on the show I don't know if it could ever be a bit but I think you could make a 15 minute movie about anybody anybody that would make audiences fall in love with that person or despise them it doesn't have to be 15 minutes but you know what I'm saying is like what moments from your life do we show you could definitely make a movie where I am a goddamn piece of shit that everyone would agree the most unlikable person I've ever seen on the screen, especially if you could hear my thoughts. Oh, yeah. I mean, the stuff that I've... Yeah, I mean, just awful. Just No, especially, too, because, you know, I've had to go through, like... I mean, I went to, you know, through the 12 steps, you had to do, like, a step four where you go through all all the things you resent, why you resent them. And then you make an amends list, and mine's like a hundred pages of shit. You no, know? really? Some of it's real shit. Some of it's some of it's like, you know, like some stuff like, you know, I when I was when I was uh, when I was, uh, you know, anyway, I've done. St- I when I was drinking once, I jumped out of a car, right? Yeah. And my friend went to go out to follow me. And she saw someone jump off a bridge because I was drunk and ran out. Like, the reason the car was stopped, you know, she ran out and saw somebody standing on a bridge and jumped off it. And I was so drunk I didn't give a shit afterward. You know what I mean? I just ran to a Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, she just saw... A suicide. So that's why I don't drink anymore. Oh, my God. You know, stuff like that, which... I don't. I don't know. I debate whether or not I should have said it, but it's out. I guess. But it's not. I guess that's I don't, not. I that's don't, not too bad. I guess we're talking like about. I, I like roofied a girl or something. No, you know I mean? no, no. But you know, it's stuff like that where it's like if I put that. No, I have a bunch of moments like that of just complete lack of self awareness. You know, I mean, right or selfish. I didn't know that guy was going to do that, but you know, because I was so drunk or self involved, I jumped out and. And this is the type of stuff that doesn't make me a fun <laughs> guy. At least you've got like the reputation of being a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, though, uh, Dan, I'll tell you something. Uh, 
sure, fun, but what am I doing? I often control how I'm out. I'm not out there that much. I, yeah. you know, I, I can be a little bit reclusive and stuff. Smart. I, 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 well, smart. <laughs> it's smart, but it's not me living at my best. I yeah. used to have a joke where I say, I drink alone, less people to apologize to. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? You were out there, and and we're saying everybody's a villain and everybody's a hero. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you when you are drunk and when your defenses are down, we have moments, sober moments, where you don't give a shit. You can catch yourself not caring about Syria or whatever the right, – right, I'm just right. using that as an example of something objectively terrible. People have that shallowness and that cowardice inside of them. And you had a story that was recorded because you happened to be out I'm having those moments privately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no, but that, that's different because I am empirically affecting a situation. Your hell is your hell, but you're not taking any collateral damage. I suppose. I mean, I, I guess but, it's just a Hobbesian like paint. Who the hell? Like alien philosophy of paint. I forget what that is. I don't know. But just like uh, whatever. I, I don't. You know, the basic or you know, philosophy is just doing uh, do no harm. So I guess the yeah. I guess that's just a Hippocratic. I don't know. Yeah, that is. I didn't. But I, I, I guess uh, you know, do no harm. Maybe that uh, was thinking of something else there. But, yeah, but you know what? You know. In my doing no harm. Yeah. It's, it's it's the it's the paradox of you build a wall around yourself and and look like I said I've been doing well and and my life is good and I get out there and I'm I'm in a good place but when I do find myself being reclusive and and not wanting to have bad moments mm-hmm. I also prevent good moments so when I'm staying in so people will think I'm good where's Pete probably feeding the needy you know what I mean when, when really I'm I'm just watching a movie know. I've seen him before I'm also not contributing. I'm not risking something negative like what happened to you, but I'm also not even in the running to do something positive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like I look at people that are like, let's go to that art show. And I'm like, how do they do it? Uh, you yeah. could embarrass yourself. You could hurt somebody. You could, f- f- God forbid, let your true colors show. Right. But then I'm like, that's, that's not living. We got to be – that's why – that beautiful, that uh, the paternal maternal love that you're supposed to get from your family, where it's like they see you uh, as as a three dimensional thing, and I try and give that love to my friends, no matter what they do or say or feel or how they are that day. You love them anyway, and that's a wonderful feeling. But I mean, we got to give people the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, I, I say yeah, yeah, and that's your way to defend it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's. <laughs> Let's move along. You know, you don't want to get. Let's not get too close. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're being wonderfully close. You know, like uh, what was that? You ever see that uh, movie? And it's based on Dennis Johnson. But you ever read Dennis Johnson? He's like got all these crazy. DJ? He was like a DJ. The DJ. He used to him and Raymond Carver used to, like he was Raymond Carver's studio student. They would get like fucking wasted. I think I mean, it was since I heard. He's a great writer, great short story writer, and uh, he would. Um, he had this. There's this movie. There's this book. Jesus and son. They made a movie with Billy Crudup and. Is the lead of it, and uh, Dennis uh, Hopper. He's like, he's like taking care of old people. Dennis Hopper has gotten shot from the face, he's got bullet hole, mm-hmm. and then he just keeps saying, "He say, am I okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, you're fine." He goes, "Whisper into my bullet hole and tell me it's okay." You know, oh and it's, and it's just like that weird. And I just feel like sometimes, but I used to do that when I was <laughs> drunk, where I'm like, "Tell me it's okay." Yeah. You know, that was the whole. And now I, I get very detached. Now I have a phone, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, I get very detached and. Yeah, you know, I don't. I used to be obsessed with politics, and I, I don't, you know, can't do it anymore. For some, you know, these I, are things it, you just get lost in your phone. I guess. Politics. Yeah, no, I didn't. I don't even do that anymore. I mean, I used to like. I remember when I was in college, I was like politically active and did all that shit. And now I'm like, 
it's almost like I'm numbing myself. You know what I mean? Like, even though you're not drinking anymore. Right. There's ways. Well, how can I also numb myself? Well, that's what Marin says. He's like, yeah. people say, oh, what's it like being sober? He's like, there's other things you can be addicted to. He's like, he loves yeah. sweets. He loves jerking it. That sort of stuff. And I think he loves politics and that sort of stuff. To get lost in. But, you know, the phone, the phone is a big thing. I, I can't tell you. I'm embarrassed. I think maybe I said this on the show before. I don't know. It's been a lot of shows. <laughs> but... <laughs> I, I have so many dreams where I'm uh, dropping my phone in water and like oh my being God. upset that I lost my phone. And I was like, why? I, I mean, I like my phone, but what is my phone? I guess it's this, this like kind of potential love machine that I'm like going to for connection. But it's synthetic. It's cocaine. You're supposed it's to protection. Yeah, yeah. You're it's completely a, it's, alone. It's a great friend that's there yeah. when you're alone. You don't need to actually talk to it. And it'll just kind of like shoot things at you. But it's like the YouTube comment thing. You can't pick it up and you can't lay it down. You know what I mean? Like you can't take the bad stuff or the good stuff. That's another Buddhist thing is you got to stop looking for affirmation outside of yourself. Yeah. You have to like find self-satisfaction. Yeah, I got a, on a huge kick because the last time I got out of rehab, I, would, I was reading like uh, Thich Nhat Hanh and Pema Chodron or Chod or whatever the hell her name is. And, mm. you know, uh, and that whole, you know. And then all of a sudden... And that's real. It, all that stuff is really helpful when you're at your lowest. Sure. But then when things start to get a little better, you kind of forget everything about that. It's like you we know? all stop taking the medicine once the symptoms go away. But then essentially you're getting the symptoms even worse because it's all about desire, you know? Yeah. And you're just feeding that. Sure. Fucking monster all the time. So you went into like a Buddhist kind of time? I, I don't know. I bought like I'm an, I'm an American capitalist. I'll never be a Buddhist. You know, there's no way anyone in this country can be a Buddhist. Like Richard Gere still makes money. You know what I mean? Like you think you have to give up everything? I think you. It's really. T- it's like that. Um, I'm probably misquoting so many philosophers on this, and I'm going to get like so shit talk from this. I think you're in a safe place. Because that that uh, you know, like Kierkegaard has that thing where the only person who's religious, like fear and trembling, was Abraham because he sacrificed his son. Yeah. on a rock or was about to only or was about to god had a direct connection to him there was mm-hmm. no philosophizing so i think sometimes that's the same thing with like buddhism like you can't really like you, you can't choose to be you know what i mean it's like the yeah. whole oh you i really see have saying. to you can't you know, just you buy a book at barnes going, and noble you you at the hope, checkout <laughs> yeah you have to live off the land or hope people put rice in your bowl yeah but not hope for it you just assume, you know what I mean? you yeah kind of almost like uh, acquiesce to suffer a little there, bit, maybe. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. No, no, uh, Jesus said a lot of really uh, similar things that are like, oh, none of us are Christians. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he, he was like, uh, you know, you got to forsake your mother and your father and uh, give up everything and follow me. And that's what his disciples did when he first saw them. He was like, leave your boat and let's go. And they were fishermen and they had just caught a bunch of fish and he was like, let's go. And they just left and just started walking. Yeah. Which I'm like, you know, the Jesuses of now are probably, you know, this is not a new thought, probably just like homeless people, you know what I mean? I mean, that's right. like what they would see, seem like. And a lot of people that like write uh, spiritual literature now talk about being essentially without a home for years. Uh, Eckhart Tolle wrote about, I think it was two years, that's the power of now guy. Yeah, after no, he I ha- read Stillness Speaks right after I got a rehab, it was great. Is that good? Yeah, I'll check it really out. Fun. But he talked about he was having a crisis and uh, and he was just like, I can't, I can't live with myself anymore. And he's like, well, I, his epiphany started with, well, who is the I in that? He's like, I can't live with myself anymore. Like, who is it that's had it with me? Like, what is the, what is my consciousness apart from this identity? You and then set he set it up for yourself. What's right? it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he let go. 
is what he did, and and I think. And then he said for two years, he just sat in parks. He just didn't, you know, tell anybody really. He just kind of left everything, sat in parks in what he said was the most indescribable bliss he's ever felt. So much so that he didn't even want to necessarily become like a teacher or anything. It's one of my favorite Duncan Trussell things. Duncan told me this. He said people that reach enlightenment don't want to necessarily... Buddha, it's in the story of the Buddha, when he became enlightened, didn't want to come and be a teacher. Like It's like a hassle. Duncan said it's like there's a plane crash in the Arctic and you're under the icy water and you swim out and that's enlightenment. And then uh, becoming a teacher is diving back in the water. Everyone's probably dead, but you're going to risk your life and swim back in and freeze to death just in case maybe somebody is, is salvageable. Maybe somebody isn't completely brain dead that you can get them out of the water as well and, and enlighten them. So the burden of being a teacher isn't even for everybody. But uh, So he, he spent two years in bliss and then decided to come and, and sell some books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what do we do with that? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just like a perpetual emptying it out, you know, because we're all going to we die with nothing, really, anyway. So we gotta or be you, comfortable with that nothing, right? You know, letting that, go. That fucking freaked me out. I still think I had that Christian thing of wondering <laughs> if I'm going to hell all the time. And oh, you still do. Even basic, you know, like uh, what's the uh, Hieronymus Bosch drawings of fucking demons tearing you up and oh, stuff. Yeah. Like I still have that. I'm 29. I'm almost 30, yeah. and I still have. Uh, I still have fears that when I die, there's going to be demons that tear me apart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's crazy. That's, in, that's insane. No, I saw a book recently. Where was I? I don't remember. But it was called Art of Artwork of the Devil. And it was just, you know, it wasn't to scare you. But it was just yeah. like, through time, here's how we paint the devil. And I was like, I do not care for this. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's a little much for me. It's, 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 it's horrifying. Yeah, it yeah, still yeah. is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. I I I appreciate your uh, courage in sharing that because I'm also a grown man who, when I'm not at my mm. best, uh, go like, "What if I die?" And it's just, it's Hell. just, uh, yeah, we're gonna cut your eyelids off, <laughs> and then they just make just you. like ripping foreskin or something awful. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. It's just like uh, that happens. Yeah, that happens way too much for a grown man. What's well, like that? Uh, they that where it's like that. Um, you you read the God Delusion Dawkins's book? No, where he talks about like. Uh, he t- he talks about like how uh, there was a girl uh, that, who's got molested by a priest and and like she was far more far more f- more fucked up from knowing that her Jewish friends were going to hell than she was about the priest. Oh wow! You know, like the psychological da- damage that that kind of church. But it's like your bit. But what if we are like I was thinking like I was after I saw your bit. Me and my girlfriend say because I was a vegetarian for two years. Yeah, I saw your bit and I'm like I'm gonna try this again. Oh my! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would try it for a week and I fucked up. <laughs> I had like a pretzel burger at Wendy's, which is just like that's like mainlining heroin after getting off booze for a little bit. Uh, and it was like I'm like, well, we're killing something with the central nervous system, so I am like, I deserve whatever happens to me. Yeah, essentially, because I'm eating retards. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're eating like slower things. Yeah, I'm eating something that's mentally handicapped. Right, I probably can't paint. Somebody, some, somebody. <laughs> Somebody has something about like you can tell a lot about a society how we how we treat our criminals and also you can extend that to like animals. Like I, I think yeah. if you were looking at the the planet from an outsider perspective, it, that is the biggest thing that we're overlooking is the fact that we're killing things that would rather be alive. No, <laughs> like that have for sure. have a preference 
that that's part of the bit. I say they'd rather live, <laughs> and and I, I keep reassuring people that I eat uh, me. I you know I try not to eat too much, and that's mostly for uh, vanity as well, health reasons yeah. and stuff. And I'm not trying to stop the a million animals an hour is what we eat a million an hour in this country, it's crazy, which is insane. Uh, but like we're not trying. Like I think about India, the cow is a sacred animal and all that sort of stuff because you know it can feed people with its milk and that, that's something to mm-hmm. be respected and that's something divine. And we're killing millions of them, just really, really slaughtering them. And like it's too much to like try and stop us. You know what I mean? Or like what I'm saying is there's a correlation between the overwhelm of knowing that your Jewish friends in this in this uh, belief system, your Jewish friends are going to hell, which means. Uh, so are the Hare Krishnas, so, yeah. so are the Jehovah's Witness, so are the Christians who are the wrong denomination. In some circles, so are the Christians who never spoke in tongues. In some circles, if yeah. you didn't get baptized Catholic as a baby, or, or, in hell. or, or if you didn't or get baptized uh, as an 18-year-old, as a, as a conscious adult, um, there's all these different rules to going to hell. So if you stop <clears throat> and consider how many people are going to hell, I think that's the beginning to the awakening. I really do. Hell, hell is the issue. Yeah, I know. I, I I wasn't. I intellectually, I completely realized what you, you know. But realizing something rather than you really do have to make a conscious effort to let it go. Yeah, you know, sure. Really, just like let it empty out and 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 go. And I, I also think whenever I'm in L.A., I find that I have. No, the last couple of trips I've had, I'm not going to try on this trip. Also, all this becomes hyper aware because, like, like this whole week I have a lot of stuff I need to do, and like you become so ambitious in one element, so it it becomes glaring all the stuff you also don't think about. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, I'm worried about this, and I'm not even worried about which Jewish friends in hell right now. <laughs> think about my fucking TV show. Are you kidding me? This is this you know? is a big. Uh, this is a philosophy thing. Uh, I'm sorry, you just made me realize like garbage is another. The number of things we're not thinking about. Jewish people going to hell. That's yeah. one, if you're religious. That's something that you just can't think about. It's too overwhelming. And that's your belief. And that is, you know, a little bit abusive to teach people that. When, you, when you're just some knucklehead that's volunteering oh, at yeah. Sunday school and you're like, no, uh, they're burning currently, active, conscious. That's how I interpreted uh, the scriptures that I probably didn't even read. And I'm going <laughs> to implant that in your brain forever. But garbage and animals and uh, that's suffering really the and war – that uh, what's that? Yeah, no, that really is. That's the living judgment. That's a divinity. You know, that's yeah. what you're saying. Like those yeah. are like like concrete ways you can assess what type of society and person you are. That's true. Yeah, but when I, I remember, there's this movie uh, on Netflix about philosophy, and one of the philosophers decides to do his uh, discussion from the dump. Yeah. So he's just in the dump, and he's like, this is all reality. Like, this is where your garbage is. But I put this cup at the end of this podcast in that garbage can and don't think about it again. That's just the beginning of the things we're not thinking about. That's the yeah. beginning of the assumptions that we're all just kind of partaking in because it took us a long fucking time to build this infrastructure. We used to be in the fucking jungle, you know what I mean? Right. And we used to be in the Wild West, and we used to be in the Dark Ages, and everything was fucked. And now we're in this beautiful... Uh, place, but it is a bit illusory. It's a, it's fake. The garbage is going in hills that we drive by on the highway. But we don't want to think about that. And I'm with you. I don't want to think about it. But to bring it back, this could be at the core of our anxiety and why we're afraid of showing our true selves. We can't even handle the whole world. Or it's like looking it back. I can totally see why some of your podcasts go into the discussion of the transcendent man. Yeah. I was like, maybe we're just... <laughs> 
yeah. one step away from becoming one entity. Yeah. And then that'll be our next stage. Uh, right. Yeah. It's it's so much to fucking take. It is so much to take. And I look at it, and then, you know, I think about how little of that I tackle in my comedy. <laughs> yeah. Or else well, yeah. You, really? And then I'm doing a bit about, I need to do, oh, I'm, I meet girls shittily, you know? Yeah, but yeah, I'll, you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge that. Because I think... I actually just had this uh, realization. It's a little bit in my polyamory bit. Is mm-hmm. I've been talking about how I think sexual competition is at the core of most conflict. So I think dick jokes, the cliche like, oh, that guy's sexy, just does dick jokes. Like, Louis has a lot of dick jokes. Yeah. Why are dick jokes so necessary? I would argue that they're necessary is because it uh, relieves uh, uh, feelings. Guys, guys are walking around afraid a lot, being like, "Are you dancing, Jermaine? Do you have a bigger dick? Can you fuck better than me? Are your jeans more easily transferable?" The is, yeah. Than, ah. <laughs> See, even that joke. Because yeah. what are we doing that's subtle that is uh, advertising or broadcasting that I do have a bigger dick than you, or I am better at fucking than you? So we have a comedian go on stage making fun of dicks, and it's a beautiful release for everybody so when you say i'm not tackling anything you're tackling everything right even the stupidest shit even a diarrhea joke i think serves a spiritual purpose at the end of the day i just want it to be a good diarrhea joke don't get me wrong i am not green lighting all comedy in fact most of it i'd like to burn to the ground but i'm saying there isn't a topic that isn't in some way subconsciously addressing a spiritual need probably yeah, no, I, I mean, it's a, I guess just any sort of catharsis, right? Yeah, exactly. Would be good. You have diarrhea. People get diarrhea. We also, like, go to the outer space. We sent a machine to, the, to Mars. And then later, because we ate a Del Taco, shot fiery water shit. <laughs> and then went back to the lab and said, what did the robot find? <laughs> <laughs> What's well, like that, um, who has that bit, um... God, who is that bit about like how love will fuck you up? Now the woman lady who was the astronaut and then she had a diaper on because Greg Barron. Greg Barron had that. Someone bit, will right? come and fuck you up with their love. Yeah, I, think about or, that all the time. I guess we're just all fucking animals. Yeah, that was Barron with that. Yeah, that that terrifies me. That was all a the great time. bit. Well, you want to talk about assumptions? That to me is one of the biggest assumptions that we're that we're living under is the idea that um, you know you find a girlfriend. You date her, you marry her, you have a family, and, and that's what we're all supposed to be after. It's so assumed yeah. that it's not even thought about at all. And you, you have to understand, I, you know, I love talking about this stuff, but like, I am not uh, innocent of this. I, I am the biggest believer in that sort of American dream sort of stuff. Milk delivery, let's live in uh, celebration. But USA. I think like the way, because you, you don't want to do that anymore. I right? don't want to do it anymore. And I think that that's, but that is the healthiest like the way that you're approaching is the healthiest way to approach it, but it's the scariest. It's well, if anyone could just like fuck, but that it becomes that. What if this guy? All right, yeah, I'm cool with you, fucking whoever. But what if he does fuck better than me? Yeah, you know, and then, oh yeah, or what if you love him more than me? What if he gets something about you more? I want it right. Well, th- that's the that's one of the big questions for me is uh, the currency of love. Either you have a hundred love dollars, and we've said this on the show before. I think you have a hundred love dollars, which means you can spend those on your girlfriend, or you—it's not like that. Maybe love doesn't work that way. I don't—I I have no idea. But this is my thought experiment currently, yeah. being like, what if we've been sold a bill of goods? Maybe it's a false flag operation. Maybe nobody knows what we're doing. Maybe there's a reason why we're fighting and getting divorced, and things dry up and get sad. Yeah. 
or you know on the other side as Whitney Cummings said or maybe you know people that are looking at uh, polyamory or, or, or not tr- non-traditional relationships are just uh, selfish or whatever that, that's what she said I remember she was like or you're just idiots and you're selfish and you just want everything um, <laughs> can I say something about this that, I've, that I yeah, haven't yeah, said yeah. before you know what I always what I think is really weird is that celebrities are assumed to be uh, polyamorous meaning uh, when, when I tell somebody and I'm just going to make up a celebrity I'm not starting a rumor if I told you that Will Smith uh, mm-hmm. was able to fuck whoever he wanted to, right? Nobody is surprised. He's married, but like you're like, yeah, but you know, when he's on set, he fucks other people. And nobody is shocked by that because we think that Will Smith is an exceptional person. He's talented, he's rich, he's famous. So he should have all the love that he wants. He should have anything he wants. But I think about this all the time. I'm like, why aren't you exceptional? You know what I mean? Like, why mm-hmm. is it okay for Bill Clinton to get his dick sucked? Everybody was like, had all these jokes where it's like, he's the leader of the free world. It's like, yeah, but love is free. Let, let Clinton have a Jaguar and live in the White House. But like, you know, loving more than one person is available to anybody. Yeah. But then, even as I say this, I'm like, I could be full of shit. Well, I feel like it's uh, everybody, I mean, and that's one of those to each his own things, you know? Sure. I mean, some people just work better. Do you want to hear my counter argument? Here's it? here's what I think. Sure. Everyone should, just like be in like a loving monogamous relationship, and then like cheat and don't tell the person. That's <laughs> what that's what most people middle. do. That was the middle. That is what that is what most people do. That's called non consensual polyamory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what it is. And if you look at us as a people, as a species, we're not we're not monogamous. Most people until before they get married are fucking a bunch of different people. That's not monogamy. It's monogamy. It's a decision to become monogamous at a certain point. And then like a staggering amount of people cheat. And then even then they're just kind of like, well, I'm not getting it at home. It's like, yeah, I get it. Everybody gets it. If aliens were watching, they would get it. Everybody gets it. But that, that makes Don't us say you're a bad person. Cause right. You know, it does, but it's so hard for me to separate myself from this issue because when I think about it, sometimes it makes me start to sweat. That's why I don't like talking about it all the time because I'm like, oh, here I am raging against this machine or whatever. Not like it's that noble of a cause or yeah. even that big of a topic, but like it makes me panic. I'm even schwitzing a little bit now just talking about well, it. Well, don't you think it's just like maybe you're a guy who can handle that and some people can't? I have no idea. You know, like some people can't. Some people just can't. Like it's like... There are some people who are able to have one line of cocaine and they're fine. Right. Do you know? And then there's other people who, you know, I got a buddy of mine who was literally jerking off for six hours a day. <laughs> like literally, because he's, you know, he's a former drug addict and that's yeah. what he was doing. So I think maybe it's just like what you can handle. Maybe you're just a guy, a one relationship guy or, or you're not. Yeah. You I, am, I am. No but idea. I wish that I was able to be cool with everything. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. 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 It would be cool. To have be you cool. been in love with somebody and been in an open relationship yet? No, 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 no. You're talking to somebody who, who's dabbling. Right now, it's mostly in my mind. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, like I said on the Chris Gethard show, I, I've been going out with a girl, polyamorous, so she's seeing another guy. So that's my foray into it. It wasn't, you know, my thing. I kind of inherited these these. Do you uh, have like, topics. and you have real feelings for her? Yeah, that's what. That's when it became a thing. And you're not like, jealous. You don't feel weird about it. Well, that's what's nuts is I'm not. And then that's I was great. like, I don't know what's going on there, but. Is that just this? I don't know, man. I, I certainly one thing's for sure. I don't want to come off like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's great though if you're able to do that. Yeah, you know? I mean I it's great. And then and then I don't know. Who knows? I'll keep people posted. Yeah, <laughs> I'm enjoying it right now. I mean, I would I would love to be able to be fine with that. I think I'm too selfish, but 
Well, you know, I was talking to uh, Pat Walsh, who's been on this podcast, and he was like, I've seen Pete be incredibly possessive and that sort of thing. I really do think uh, the thing that I'm doing now is is the spiritual response to what happened to me. The last relationship I was in, the last serious relationship I was in, I inherited a lot of possessiveness and a lot of jealousy. It got, like, I really learned it from this person. I never had it before, but, like, slowly I just was taught how to be really, really, really petty and shitty. And, like, I would go crazy. I was just one of those people. I would go crazy at the reference of an ex-boyfriend or some story. I remember her telling me some story about being topless at a party, and I just wanted to, like, burn the fucking earth down. You know what I mean? I was just like, right. how could you fucking tell me that? So, and I wouldn't even say that. I would just keep that shit inside, which yeah. is terrible because I'm crazy. That's a crazy thing to do. So then I was like, I learned all this negative stuff, and I really— But it is that fucking, you whore! Yeah. That thing comes right, right, right. up from you gutturally, you know? I think I think that that whore thing is part of the problem. Whatever it is, to put a pin in that, then meeting this girl who is so open, mm-hmm. I think might be uh, the learning experience and the wonderful experience, and I believe that it is, that is kind of, he- it's the neosporin for that scar. I really think it's helping. It's an extreme response, but like I had an extreme uh, induction into possessiveness. So now I have this person that I'm kind of learning, like I'm observing her and being like, this is interesting to me that you're this way. I think like I think a lot of it like our society prizing monogamy so much still comes back to like a fear of death a lot because it's like I want to grow old with somebody. Yeah. Like somebody's going to hold me for I'm going to die with somebody. I'm That's not right. going to be alone. That's right. That's it. And this person I'm going to be able to laugh with and be friends with and fuck. Yeah. It's like a, an elixir for all things. That's exactly right. But, that's exactly right. In fact, and that that's what they're, they're afraid when you cheat. They're afraid of you saying, don't you, no, don't make fucking death real. Right. That's what they're saying in a yeah. weird way. That's exactly right. I think that's true. And that is one of the most compelling arguments. That's why I, I believe in the idea, Dan Savage talks about being monogamous, where you have a primary partner, but then you have like these exceptions or whatever that you discuss, parameters that you discuss. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, even, I think Dan Savage even isn't necessarily pro polyamory. I think he thinks that gets too complicated or whatever, but he is monogamish. But I, I do think there's a death thing and i think it's a permanence thing i think that that goes back to what we were saying about buddha the world is on fire is what he says it's all sand slipping through we all think we're grasping at something but really we're nothing grasping at nothing you know what i mean and we need to let go but everything and i know this has been coming up but i love saying this because i love thinking it out with a new person Mm -hmm. everything in our life i think is an, an, an attempt to make this impermanent existence permanent including monogamy Including going like, there's a, a wonderful quote I love. It's like, when two young people fall in love and they go, I'm paraphrasing, go into the inexplicable euphoria, obsession, and, you know, just like completely in love with somebody. And, and they're in that heightened state, that rare thing. We insist that those people commit and vow to never leave that state, which we all know is a fleeting thing. But it's all fleeting. You know what I mean? Trophies and photographs and relationships and, and all these titles and stuff. It's just, it's just to be like, even language. It's like, this is a table. It's nothing. Right. <laughs> but I guess in the same, the thing that is kind of, the only thing that I will say with monogamy that is kind of beautiful about it is that if you learn to love someone by seeing all the horrible sides of them and right. throughout time, yes. throughout that, then there is something to be said about that as beautiful. well. Beautiful. Absolutely. You know, that you're able to, like, somehow make this fresh, you know, that, and, and, and 
be with this person. You know, so I could see both sides. It of goes that. back to what we were saying. If someone sees every side of you, the the beautiful thing of someone sticking with you, even when you are an asshole or or you you just had a weak moment or you know all these things that we were talking about. They they've seen the fifteen minute film that's supposed to make people hate you. They've also seen the fifteen minutes that make people love you, and they choose actively to love. I completely get it. It's a beautiful thing. It's yeah. similar to the parental child relationship. A kid is shitting and spaghetti on his face and he's screaming and he, we learn that that's what love is. Love is not walking away from the screaming yeah. child. Love love is commitment and you and you're monogamous in a certain way to your child. You know what I mean? I love you in this special way. And I think that's what we're trying to replicate. And then when someone cheats it's just like your mother uh, it's like the tit drying up, and that's why we cry and we and we freak out. What's supposed to give us nour- nourishment and nutrients and all that sort of stuff and love dries up and, and suddenly gives us oil or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to make you think of that. No, I, I think it's like it's very much like for me, you know, Natalie Portman and Zach Braff in Garden State isn't beautiful. You know, <laughs> that's not real. But like a guy I knew in rehab whose wife divorced him in rehab. Well, I knew him because he got he came to speak. This was like five years earlier. His wife divorced from rehab, and then a year from that date, they got remarried. Like because he kept clean the whole time. And yeah, they both like saw other people, I guess. But and then they came like that. All right, that's real. Yeah, that's gotta be fucking real. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like sure. she she was out. Yeah, you know, like yeah. there's no reason to come back to a fucking. Yeah. She saw the worst of this guy. There's no way, you know. Yeah, and then they're together and they're happy now. So yeah, I guess it's. There's, there's, I guess there's no, you know, there's nothing across the board, right? I yeah. I mean, I, I think that is, she saw the tantrums of the toddler and, and, and came back. Uh, yeah. Of course, while I'm hearing that, I'm like, I, I sure hope she's not just addicted to like abuse. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just, yeah. I'm telling you this beautiful story and just like cut in real time. He's just beating the shit out of her. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I love a good love story. In fact, Every time this comes up, I would like to. I would like to tell touching. I'm not a. I'm not a monster, and yeah, yeah. you know, it's. It's. I love hearing stuff like that. I love redemption. I love commitment and all that sort of stuff. The 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 polyamory thing because I've had so much, I've been doing so much thinking and reading about it is like if you love somebody, do you have abundance? Is it possible to also love somebody else? That that's what's interesting to me is like I you have love for your friends, and I don't worry that if I have too many friends, I won't. Uh, love you as much or whatever. Although here's the counter argument to that point that I just made. I think biologically there is something interesting about how like you can only fuck so much. You know what I mean? Like at a certain point you're going to want to stop fucking. So you really do have, if fucking and coming is like a currency of love, you really can only love so many people. <laughs> or yeah. you really can only have so many friends. You know what I mean? There is like a little bit of a biological uh, fuel gauge. Oh, it's why like but that's just you know, like I have a lot of friends, but like you know, if you're like, oh, what am I gonna do? After you get past like the three to five people, if you'd want to hang out with at that day, there's, yeah. there's, you know, there's other people in your phone, but you're just like, yeah, eh, I don't know. I'm just not in a this guy day. I mean, I'm not so with this. Funny. You know, I just can't do this today. Yeah, there's only a couple guys that you can be like, all right, what's you know, no, yeah, really make the what's what's getting the shit, and I think that window just closes and closes the older you get too. And I think that's unfortunate, and that's why, it, like, it's so funny. I I always talk about I have this fantasy about uh, I'd love to live in a community. You know what I mean, like summer right. camp. 
Uh, but then, like, I live on a street that, like, people sit on their stoops and stuff, and I have no business with that. I'm like, fuck that shit. I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> what I want, want is a this. community of hand-picked, auditioned people that I pre-approve, <laughs> and we're all gorgeous, and we all fuck each other, that's and sometimes so we play funny. guitar. And I think that even... <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's funny. And I think that happens, too, like, with comedy, too, when you start up. Because when you start up, you're way too terrified to talk to the people who are funnier or doing better than you. And then also you don't want to be with the shitty, you know, comedian. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that even get that one even gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. Because then you start to kind of, oh, wait, I'm making a living from this. I've already left a, not left, but I, I'm not having the same <laughs> conversation about comedy as some other people. Mm-hmm. And also I'm too terrified to hang out with my heroes mm-hmm. who I'm now doing shows with. Mm. So like... I literally now have less friends, even though I'm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I, because there's no camaraderie anymore. Yeah. You know, it's or you like start to lose weird, it. Weird. Yeah. yeah. You know, where you're, because <laughs> it's like the guys that you looked up to when you're starting out. It's not like you're ever going to be really close friends because you always are going to have that moment where you're like, oh, well, I'm always going to be terrified around you. And some, there's some part of me that I'm always going to be nervous around you. Yeah. So I can't. That's you know, funny. and then you feel guilty with the people that you started and you're like, oh, fuck, you're still doing open mics and now yeah. i feel like a and that's not that sounds like an asshole thing no to no say. no i like what that you sounds just like said. an asshole thing no to no say, that's but. a good look at, at an ugly part of ourselves and it's completely true and i am the most calculated and most guilty of like who my friends are because i'm a big believer in they'll either bring you up or, or, or put you down and that's just a nice kind of tony robbins way of me saying like i'm a bit of a dick when it comes to like who i'll let mm-hmm. into my life yeah. and then I'm not proud of this either. The people that I've cut off, uh, like um, some of my favorite people, some of the people I've had on this podcast and we've discussed why we're not friends anymore. And it, and it was like a difficult talk. But it, like when you get into career mode, when, when we're so covetous of, of, our, of our art, I'm going to say the art word, uh, we, can, we can make some like Caesar-esque executive decisions where it's like they're gone. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, or, uh, or I don't like thinking about the person I was when I was with them. Which is, oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think every group, the first comedy group that you start out with, too, it's always like, you know, you look back and you're like, Oof. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Some, well, I'm, I'm fortunate that uh, Kumail started at the same yeah. time as me. Kyle. Like, about like, oh, that's great. Like, a year in but, now, it's like, now, like, the guys, well, that's, the guys that I was doing comedy with, like, I would say six years ago or se- like five years ago, <laughs> I would say, are, are all people who are doing great now. Like, the guys that I was doing. Right. The same shitty open mics with, right. you know, we're right. all doing really Will you do well Mark Norman now. again? But, oh, wait. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. Who will ever know the real me? Who will ever know the real me? Everyone gives that guy shit, but he's like one of the most pleasant people to be around. Oh, I love compared him. To, I love him. And you know, you know, because everyone can make fun of him, which I think is a real testament to the fact that he is I gotta have him on the actually show. the nicest guy. Maybe not the nicest, but a guy that like. Oh, this is a pl- joy to be here. And there are people who I don't make fun of who I fucking can't stand. Right, right, right. Like, uh, who've been on this show? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, who I would never mention just because <laughs> it would just be venomous <laughs> and bile, <laughs> you know? But you're absolutely right. But Mark's very fun to make fun of. Yeah. yeah. And I think that there's there's a fondness there when that happens. Of course. That's why I love roasts. <laughs> and Mark is uh, he he never roasted me, but he's made jokes at my expense before, and I'm like a little close to the bone, Mark. <laughs> but there is a love there. That that's a that's a wonderful thing to do. Yeah, 
I and there, there's some people that you just can't even like. There's a few co- like there's a few people that if I, I, I can't even make a joke because I know it'll be like I've been to that where I've been like some shitty roast and I'll start making a jo- and I'll be like right. that was just vicious and completely yeah, to the yeah, point yeah, yeah. and there was nothing. You know what I found out recently that. was it I don't know if it was Whitney that said this. I don't know if it's true about Whitney, but somebody told me that at the roast, there's a lot of crying afterwards. Oh, oh really? Uh, I've, I've told, uh, was told that. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's just the, the girls. That, that might be my, weird, my own weird assumption. But uh, apparently some people tend to let loose. Not the most recent one. I don't have any specific dirt here. It just feels like now it's just so, so weird, those roasts, because nobody seems like they know each other. I know. So it's like all jokes that you'd be prepared for because that's the jokes the press person would come up with you know what's interesting is is that's hopefully uh and i'm interested in what you think about this that's hopefully what we'll be doing on my tv show which is just having a lot of friends on because i I feel like you don't see that anymore and it's hard to manufacture that sort of rapport when you do have people on that we can make fun of each other and maybe you don't know who uh kumail is but like Mm -hmm. He's a great. He has great chemistry with me, and and we and we laugh, and we have a history. And I want you to get to know that person, as opposed to pitting Jonah Hill against Natasha Leggero, which doesn't make any sense. At all. So yeah, these guys what are, are we like, doing? what are? And it's also like their jokes are probably maybe not Natasha, but Jonah's. Yeah, Jonah jokes about a woman he, uh, he doesn't know, but jokes written by writers he doesn't know. Right. Delivered to an audience he doesn't know. <laughs> Delivered to an audience yeah. he doesn't know. And who knows if he even hangs out James Franco? Nobody right. knows these things. Right, right, right. It's the most manufactured. Right. Well, that's a, that's a, it's kind of like the Twitter version of hanging out. Those roasts are like, can be, and you know, here I am. Yeah. Hey, I'm having a Dan St. Germain moment because I really would love to do one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love mean, roasts. I would love to do them too. I mean, but I think those have been roasts forever, right? I mean, yeah. did all those guys, like Andrew Dice Clay, when he made fun of Sidney Potier, they weren't hanging out. Right. You know what the point? I don't know. There, but there, I think it is an extension of what used to be a smoke-filled, wood-paneled friars club. Everyone's wearing stupid hats and doing weird jerk-off ceremonies to control the moon cycle, <laughs> and then you have a roast. But also, thank God that's not the case. Anymore. I know. Because c- could we have survived? Could we no. have come up the same way? No, I'm still as comedians. Of a no, we Playboy couldn't. club sort of mentality. We would like, yeah, we would not be. You and me would not thrive in that situation. <laughs> You know, like we need comic book stories. They would like blacks and Jews better than us. Yeah. In those <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like at that time, which is sad. You know, because yeah. they hated blacks and yeah, Jews yeah, then, yeah, 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 and yeah. women. Well, yeah, they probably sure. still like us more than women, but like yeah. that's how. So like, part of me is like happy because I'm like, well, yeah. yeah well, if it wasn't for the pussification of comedy, I yeah. would not have a fucking career. Yeah, we needed it. <laughs> it, was, it was that homogenization that allowed enzymes like us to live in this milk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, precisely. So where are you uh, with God now? Let's put a pin in that. I don't know. I definitely um, believe in something greater than myself. Is as that, much as I don't. Did you get it from AA? I, I had to be. I mean, a year and a half ago, I was at the worst. You know, I was at South by Southwest, blacked out. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to say that I heard about that. Yeah. No, it's okay. Charlie actually runs South by. I wasn't going to bring it up, but he was like, oh, I heard your bottom was there. So I was like, all right, I can talk about that. Oh, your, oh, your bottom? Yeah. Oh, was that your bottom? It was it, the last time it was. I'd like, I'd like to say, you know, whenever there's a rock, wherever there's a rock bottom, there's a rock bottomer. I don't know if Andy and Haynes and I were talking about that. I think it was. There's rock like an, bottomer? Uh, you know, there's like a worse. Oh, my God. Um, situation. Um <laughs> 
Yeah, but that was that was pretty bad over there. And uh, I, <laughs> I, 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 I I remember I couldn't get drunk. That was the worst thing. Hmm. And no matter what, and I was having tons of drinks, and I just couldn't. That's weird. And I, I heard... kept asking everybody from uppers. I mean, I was probably really drunk, but I remember I didn't feel. Yeah. What did you hear? I heard alcoholics got drunk immediately because your liver goes, we've been to this rodeo before, and just lets you Well, at that point, I was drinking secretly for like three months. Oh, so, okay. Or longer than that. I mean, I was, you know, and... Uh, so you were keeping it from your lover? Uh, yeah, and then she left <laughs> a couple days later. I hope she's doing good. I don't mean to laugh at that, but there's just something so kind of... It's like <laughs> a storybook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here I am on the road again. Up on the stage. <laughs> and I did the South Park. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing now. It's great. All right. Uh, but anyway, so I did that. I remember I was made some real bad decisions there. Uh, and I kept asking everybody for Coke. And nobody could find any drugs. And I kept calling everybody pussies because they only offered me weed. Ah. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I did that. That's and, not a bottom story. What did you do? Where's the car keys in the ass? Well, I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, that was another one. Well, that happened? That's well, a Robin I shoved Williams some joke. Coke up my ass to... <laughs> Once, to, just because my parents walked on me doing lines, so I took the bag and I shoved it up my ass. And I talked about this on What the Fuck, so I don't want to like feel like I'm disrespecting by <laughs> oh, bringing up an old story. But yeah, I've had tons of those, too. Like, I sure. broke my friend's best you know face once. Really? Yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of stupid fucking <laughs> dumb shit. But this one was that, and I did that, and I did some other stuff that... I did some stupid shit. It's okay. I, mean, I fucked up. But, yeah. And uh, anyway, so you yeah, I went that. to rehab, yeah. and I was like... Uh, I actually had that weird, like, I asked something to take something off of me, and it did. But, you know, what and of course, uh, I just gave Stanhope 15 minutes, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, not that he would ever listen to this, but I mean, like, anyone, that statement is the most absurd, ridiculous statement. But you asked someone to take I something. asked uh, something to be relieved, and I, it did. So whatever that was, I think it was just honestly me tapping into something. that there is There is some goodness maybe out there. There's got to be something else out there. Mm. That isn't all fucking chaos, you know, or else none of this would be a thing. Mm. Like, this wouldn't be a... Because why isn't this all black? You know, why do I have any cognition of this? So there's got to be something, right? I'm, I'm I mean, in that camp. There's got to be something. Where I'm there's like, pro- proof something. of something is this. Yeah. Everything is, a, is proof of everything. <laughs> yeah, and I know that's, like, grossly oversimplifying it, but, like, I don't know. You should read this, this Jim Holt book where it calls uh, Why Does the World Exist? And it just goes through... Like, 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 what, what is, like, as it just blows your mind because you go and, like, all right, what's, think of infinity. Think, and then you th- try to, and then still you fill the walls of infinity, right? Then what's behind that? Then what's holding yeah. all, you know, and I was saying that on the stage last night. Oh, yeah. Because I did a show outside and I pointed up and I said, when does that end? Never. <laughs> it's just never. <laughs> it just so doesn't scary. end. And, like, people, oh, yeah. you know, audiences, I often don't know what I would do if I were in my own audience. But I'm like, I don't know. I think I would laugh hysterically because yeah. that is just absurd. That, but that, that, I feel like there should be a word for people like you and me that just get off or convert that sort of curiosity into a fuel to believe in other things, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, curiosity – but also without doing any of the hard work of mathematics or science. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, like, I, I feel like, I, I think maybe we've talked about that before, that stuff can, quantifying it can often leave me cold because I'm just like, we're just parts of it analyzing it. Or as Deepak, Deep Chips would say, we're consciousness observing consciousness. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, you can't be outside of it 
to look at it really objectively. You're still a cog in the wheel going like, I think we're in a wheel. Yeah. Well, Which that, is That fine. whole Spinoza's idea of God was that this is all God. We're all God. We're yeah. just part of God. Well, that's also a deep chops thing, and I yeah. love that quote, which is the idea that we're all a part of the infinite, perfect being's brain that we call God. Or you hope, yeah, you hope it's not malevolent. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, I always want to know what those guys, those new agey guys like deep chops, think about, uh, like, evil. Like, if they're, because you, you're... Because scientists won't not... Right? That's the difference, I think, between those guys and, like, when you talk to scientists about it, they're like, yeah, it could be, there could it could just be an ultimate malevolent force. We don't know. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And those guys would be like, I gotta sell books. Shut the fuck uh, up. <laughs> yeah, it could be some sort of, oh, my God. Yeah, we do spend a lot of time talking about how the world r- runs on love, and, and I, I really do believe that. And then I guess there's probably people out there that are like, no, this is all a, a cruel joke and there's something fucked up behind it that you're going to meet and he's going to peel your eyelids off. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't have mushrooms anymore, Am. <laughs> Why? Because that would freak you <laughs> that out? Would, that would be it. That would be over. You know, if I were to do mushrooms uh, again, which I definitely will, I would not want to listen to this podcast before I did them. <laughs> that would not be... We hit so many <laughs> things. It's just too much. I don't know. If you ever talked to Kamal again, like, when, uh, when Kamal was first in New York, I hung out once with him and Emily, and I think this scared them from really ever hanging out with me again, because I smoked pot with them, and I started thinking about death and just shut up. And they were, like, hanging out. They looked at me, and I just went silent for the rest of the night. Oh, my God. It was... I mean, it was still one of the most embarrassing things. See, again, that's that why I, I don't want to go out. And, although, if I were to smoke pot, it would be with Kumail and Emily. And has been with Kumail And they were like, oh, what's this funny thing? And I'm like, just like... And I was thinking about like how easy it would be. Honestly, this is what I was thinking about. How easy it would be for another race to harvest our organs if they wanted us to. As soon, and then that was yeah, it. There you go. And that was it. And then shut down. And then I, I remember Emily was like, you're all right? And I was like, I just... Don't I just gotta okay? get. I just gotta walk around, and I went outside yeah. and I ran around a block. And I used to smoke pot every day in high school, <laughs> so something happened, and I just couldn't do it anymore. Something similar happened to. I don't think you'd mind me saying Rory yeah. had, had a similar. Rory uh, can't smoke anymore. I think no. I think he does. I don't know. I don't yeah. know why I said that. I, he told me he was going through a time where it would just hit him wrong, and I think yeah. he had to take it easy for a bit. Oh, it's not. It's. I mean, that for me. Plus, it never like whenever I think about like checking out that's like the last weed oh my god and i never like every once in a while i'm nostalgic i'm like oh i could watch twin peaks if i'm around woods that'd be fun yeah well like to be honest with you like if i'm checking out i'm like all right give me a fucking eight ball like a like jar of oxycontin yeah as much booze as i can possibly get (laughs) like check out check out check out cabin in the woods out you know, like, nobody knows, you know, not like, let me think about shit. <laughs> my DVDs like, and make it during football season, you know, start it on a Thursday. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. That would be it. I don't want to, like, think about. I hate when I wake up and I was drinking the night before and I uh, forgot what I was watching. So yeah. then I turn on the TV and About Schmidt is paused. And I'm like, when did I put in About Schmidt? <laughs> Like when you're drunk, drunk just Pete was just like, let's watch this weird. I love that movie. It's a great movie, but there's a part where he's crying when reading the. Oh yeah, it's the final shot of the movie. That's one of my favorite movies. That's a good movie. Yeah, that's why I don't quit comedy. I don't want to order a vodka gimlet in a steakhouse at my fiftieth uh, job retirement. Party oh or my god, that's right. Yeah, not <sighs> not to say that that life isn't good, but I I mean like in that movie, Warren Schmidt, that he's he's uh, starving. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. He's starving he's... for the fulfillment I think I get from my work. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I get, uh, yeah, you're right. No, I don't think I'm going to quit comedy. I don't think you are either. I don't I'm think so. not going to let you. <laughs> this is like a, a beautiful moment. <laughs> Did it cut to me ram jamming and you dress as Marissa Tomei on the uh, <laughs> Bill W., big, uh, big uh, believer, I believe, in uh, psilocybin in helping people get off booze. Uh, he, he was a crazy guy in a lot of ways. I yeah. mean, he, uh, you know, he would, he, he did acid like 50 times or something. Really? Like that. Yeah. That's a lot of times. Uh, he did. Yeah. It was a lot. He thought it was a way to re- come close to your higher power. And, yeah. Um, and also like, I mean, he said that like <laughs> everyone brings up like this, like everyone who like wants to take down AA brings up this shit. Like he cheated on his life wife all the time. And that's yeah. true. Yeah. And it's hilarious too. Cause in the big book, but he did it anonymously yeah <laughs> come okay, on okay well in the big book it's hilarious because there's a chapter where it's like now going through your inventory if you cheated on your wife before or anything like that maybe not the best time to bring it up like <laughs> you clearly he's just like talking about his own bullshit, <laughs> you know during it uh that's funny he also uh vitamin therapy too which is uh i, I just i you trying that now well i'm interested in, i'm interested in things and i've said this on the show before uh interested in things that uh decrease your desire to drink uh, and there's an interesting book um, again I, I don't think I am an alcoholic um, uh, I definitely don't think I am <laughs> that's that w- a perfect impression of an alcoholic I definitely don't think I am. <laughs> you know what I mean like it's hard to say but it's like one of those things like that's that's a hard one to everyone can say that well if you say I don't think you have right. to say that right it's like not. saying uh, I don't think I'm gay you know what I mean it's like ah you gay you gay <laughs> I've had that moment, though. I mean, I've done shit with dudes, so, you know. Have you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, why didn't we talk about that? Anyway, so, I, I'm going to... It's not a big deal for me. I, I'm, gonna, I'm love, straight, but it, it happens. I'm going to plug the, the book that I read. It was called Seven Weeks of Sobriety. It's about these people that think that AA is grossly overlooking the fact that there is a nutritional uh, component. And yeah. I actually have had success with niacin, which is, I believe it's vitamin B3. Uh, if you take... And this is what they gave Bill W, 3,000 milligrams of niacin, which means two pills with, with each meal. Uh, I've had success with that before where I'm like, I don't want to drink at all. And I feel exactly like I do. Like I'm bored. I'm watching a movie and I got a bottle of something. Huh, maybe I should have some more niacin then. I mean, I, was I, when I was on antibiotics for a while, but that's a whole different ball game. That? That's just the thing that if you drink, you just get violently. Ill. Oh yeah, somebody, uh, my friend Ken, emailed me that when I brought up niacin. He was like, "If you really want to, something." That's the hard. That's like you don't need to take antibiotics. <laughs> yeah, if you're I mean, like, if you're on the street, you need to probably take you know antibiotics. Uh, dabble in uh, in the B threes. Maybe I should do that. That's get into it. Good. Yeah, it worked for me. I don't. I, we don't have to talk about the dudes. It seems. I mean, it's really. I could talk about it. It's fine. I mean, like I. Uh, Checked. A dude, uh, I mean, I, I remember uh, this. I, I remember I had like one gay experience when I was like uh, in college, um, and I didn't do anything. You know, I didn't go down on anybody or give anybody a hand job or anything like that. But um, like nothing really happened. But um, okay, yeah, something did happen. But I remember I, I, it was like a good friend of mine who was gay. So I'm like, if I could get gay, maybe if I'm gay with this guy. You know, I could actually find something because he's like one of my best <laughs> friends. Find something to relate to him. You, maybe this could be love, actually. You know. Wait, was it with him? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was with it one was of your a best gay friends. Guy, yeah, one of your best friends who was like really into me. Oh. Uh, and uh, you know, but I just couldn't get it up. So you know, that was it. It's interesting. But you know, for me, it's like it's not like a big. You know, I mean, it's like a, like 
uh, touching a cock doesn't disgust doesn't get me off either. There's so many. I would blow somebody to get out of so many other things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not pleasurable to me. I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. But like to be like you know I think I, you know what I think anyone who's like fucked a lot too. I think everyone's tried some gay shit before. You know what I mean? Like, like all the rocks. Look at Mick Jagger and you know oh, David. Yeah. But all those guys because they get just so bored. They're like, yeah, maybe I can. Well, that's actually and that was not fucking that much, by the way. I'm not saying I'm those guys. That's a phenomenon in uh, in that was in part of my off porn research was they they were noticing a trend that straight men would watch so much pornography that they'd start watching gay pornography. Like, dude, fucking not nobody calls lesbian porn. But yeah. That's just pornography. Uh, but like gay pornography. Because it, they again, they were like, "I'm straight, but this is the only thing that shocks me enough to like get me into that porn pocket." Oh, but and porn's destruct. Uh, porn's fucked me up for sure. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'll. I mean, I probably jerk off like once every day or two days now. I guess it's yeah. like a, that's. I guess that's too much. But it's not like yeah. Uh, like I'm also not like every. <laughs> you know, I also have a girlfriend now, so it's less than that now. You know. Yeah. But, sure. Uh, but porn really does. You know, there is something really fucked up. Oh sure. About it, you know, like I, I, you know, treating women like shit and stuff. Like, but it also makes me feel weird that I I do get off on that, you know, like guys like fucking girl in a video and he spits on her or some shit. Right. It's like, oh, my dick's harder. So right. And then I'm feeling terrible about it. Right. Uh, the, the thoughts that you can have while you're looking at porn is a real glimpse at that at that true you that you're afraid might come out. The facade, the Patrick Bateman mask is slipping off, and you are a serial killer. <laughs> you, you are a crazy person. But I mean, everybody has the ingredients for terror inside of them somewhere. I think, and and it is scary when you get a glimpse when you're just like, you know. I think that's part of what it is with some people with jerking off and and binging on porn is you're afraid of yourself when your when your gun is completely loaded when you're like completely owning your sexual desires. Like if I go off uh, jerking it for a long time, which I actually just did. And this didn't happen. But sometimes if I go off for like three days and it's just like the wrong time of the year, I'm just like in a really horny cycle, I'll start getting terrified at the things that I want to see. Like when I go back to porn, I'll be like, let's see somebody X, Y, and Z. Like you said, spit on somebody or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and I think we're afraid of that animalistic side of ourselves. I know. Yeah. I, I have a joke about this now where it's like uh, – <clears throat> Where it talks about, like, where I, I talk about, like, jerking off without Wi-Fi and how that's impossible right. now yeah. for me. And that, like, I wish that I had some sort of, like, Willy Wonka for my porn imagination. But, like, one of the punch that I used, which every, and it's fucked up that everybody knew what I was talking about. I was like, uh, come with me, don't you see? You don't need a crying Japanese girl. And everyone claps and laughs. Uh, like, how do they know everyone knows that? How does everyone... Because I was nervous. I'm like, is everyone... No one, I don't know if this is going to be relatable. That everybody laughs at that fucking joke. Yeah. Because everyone has seen that and equates a Japanese girl crying, quasi-rape porn, with sex. Right. It's so crazy to me. Yeah. That, like... So, like, we are that dark... Yeah, if, but if you did a, conversely, if you did a joke about like I was fucking this girl and she started crying, everyone would be like, "Oh, this guy's a fucking." Of course. But if you do a joke about like I was so on a porn and this girl was crying, everyone's yeah. like, "Ha ha ha!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's okay if you have that other. You didn't do it. Yeah, you didn't do it. Just some other guy, you know, paid an actress, but right to do it's it. The same thing with slasher movies and all this sort of stuff. This, this, right. this desire to play out these horrible fantasies. I mean, like, I, it would be terrifying to probably glimpse in our brains 
Uh, what we're capable of doing. Yeah, and, and why do we like watching? What are the trends in porn? Why is ass-to-mouth such a big thing or, or, or gangbangs or whatever, like crying Japanese girls? Well, ass-to-mouth is different, yeah. But I don't it, know why I had to qualify. I mean, gangbangs, I feel like in, that's like, all right, that's a pseudo-rape thing. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like, ass-to-mouth is just, I don't know, you know. It's just like dirt. It's like, oh, you shit there. It's disgusting. Yeah, but then you're putting it in their mouth. That's yeah. the to mouth part. That's degrading. Well, I mean, yeah, but you, you eat it. I, I also consider that too because I've like eaten out girls' asses and shit. So sure, like, yeah. But but the reason I would say medically, what you're doing, yeah, is a humiliating move. And I'm not yeah. saying that some girls don't like feeling humiliated. Certainly they do. Yeah, but not necessarily the ones in the video. <laughs> no, those girls don't even. I mean, they're like so at this point. Yeah. So I mean, like I, I watched. Uh, you watched after porn ends yet Just you know i, I started place. watching it it didn't grab me yeah it's just so i mean uh, this is my trend of giving me. you documentaries that are terrible yeah but uh <laughs> there i mean those people were so dead inside by the you know like right even the guys you feel sorry for which is crazy sure the whole thing it's not us at our best no part of it that's the joke that's the line i use in my thing i say i'm off porn even if you love it, we can all agree when you're looking at porn on your bed, jerking it, you're not at your best. <laughs> That's not a great moment when you're like, what if I was Is that was the one there? where you talk about making your bed? Too? That's a different no, one. Jerking old, yeah. okay. That's an old. Although that was, my bit was very similar uh, in that whole thing was about like, dicks don't freak me out, which is what you were saying. No, of course. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I'm a big believer in that, that I think that um, homophobia and all that sort of stuff is is tied to... You know, sexual repression and all that sort of stuff. I actually kind of think I haven't had any gay experiences, but I, I think what you're saying is is pretty evolved. That you were just like maybe who knows? This maybe isn't that gross to me. And then, this is an interesting question. If you had a son and you like looked on his laptop, you'd, I would be far less freaked out by seeing like a cum shots from guys on guys than if I saw like you know like, like bound girls getting like, all of it was S and M bound girls getting fucked. Yeah. Or like hit, you know that would be scarier to me because I'm like, oh shit, maybe this kid's got something. In yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's that's that, that's a very good point. Very interesting. So, did we put a pin in the god thing? I think so. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You believe in something, but you're not. You I'm still, not sure you what said, it is. You said you're sometimes afraid at your weaker moments. You're it's afraid. definitely not me. Yeah, definitely not you. Yeah, or all of me. Or it's not. It's not just me. There you go. There we go. I like I that. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at now. Is that we're all participating in a thing called yeah. God? I think. And hopeful, hopeful that that's true. Yeah, me too. What's the hardest time you've laughed? Do you know? Hardest time that I've ever laughed? Yeah. Um. God, you know what? Last weekend, me and my I mean, this is so we went. I, I did some road gigs, mm-hmm. and I did a couple nights. And one, of, I don't know why we. I was with uh, this guy named Scott Chaplin, very funny guy. He was opening for me, and we were doing a couple gigs. And uh, there was one dude. Um, we did like you know five or something. So I won't mention who was who, but there was one promoter who was like the biggest asshole ever, and then the the other guy we did shows for who was like the nicest guy ever, mm-hmm. and uh, we just like. It was just for some reason we were cracking up about having him walk in, the guy who was the asshole, on all like finding all this money, and then the other guy just walking in on his family dying of carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> and we would just cut back and forth between the scenes of this guy not deserving all this wonderful shit and not being appreciative, <laughs> and him 
shaking his daughter to life. <laughs> oh, I don't know why. It's so fucked up. Yeah. But I don't know why. We, like, we did a whole those. scene like, like yeah. of like him going like, Samantha, Samantha! <laughs> you know, like shaking it, like getting that like sad dad voice. Like, oh, God. Oh, if only I wasn't producing that fucking comedy show. That is, you know? I can't believe you brought that up, the sad dad voice, because one of the hardest times I ever laughed was, uh, that I haven't shared on the show yet, was... Uh, Making fun of the scene in Dead Poet Society where the where he finds the dead kid because he goes. I haven't seen it. Oh my god! No, no, it's a, it, I've never seen Dead Poet Society. That's where they throw the textbooks down, right? You got it. You find it. a dead kid and it's funny the way he does it. It's not funny. It's but one of the it, saddest things in the world. But then I was in college and we did an impression of it where he goes, "Oh Neil, oh my son," and then his mom goes, <laughs> "He's a ride. He's a ride. He's a ride." Right now, that's yeah. the saddest thing in the world. But, but when we did the impression, <laughs> so we couldn't stop, stop laughing because everyone knew. The scene, because it burned in our hearts. We're not monsters. That scene used to make me cry every time, and now it doesn't because I turned it into no, a joke. No, it turned it... Well, it's like my friend used to... This guy, is Hassan, started comedy with. He used to this joke. He used to just do impression of one of our friends doing the Sean Penn Mystic River. Like, is my daughter in there? Sean, is my daughter in there? And then we did... Just, is oh, that my daughter in there? <laughs> we lost it. Like, and now every time I see that on TV, I just start cracking up. We found him. Oh, God! You know? I got my daughter in there, Sean! Amazing performance, yes, too. Yes, won an Oscar for yes, that performance. Probably for that scene, to be honest. I mean, that that's the killer scene. You found one of the weird hacks of comedy. I mean, hacks like uh, software. Yeah. You have the worst things that we know. Yeah. And you apply some sort of joke or impression to them, and it saves you. Oh, it, it, yeah. I think that I think that happens all the time. Where you're like, uh, you know, my friend Scott, when he does this, he's talking about this bit he's gonna do. So this is mm. I shouldn't even talk about it because it's gonna be a bit that he, well, he does, but he should do this bit where he was just talking about. I guess he had two. Um, he had a guy from the Rwanda massacre speak at a school and a guy from the Killing Fields massacre. Mm. And they spoke at the same time. And then they both started, like, subconsciously out-tragedying each other. Oh, my like, God. Like, saying which one was worse. Oh, that's funny. And then another one started, like, <clears throat> in the middle of it, just started trying to, like, hype the Killing Fields DVD that was coming out. Like, uh-huh. with the new features and stuff. Oh, my like, God. That kind of stuff is just the funniest. Yeah shit in the world to me. I think it still is, you know. I think just <clears throat> utter utter tragedy is like right the funniest if you can stare the worst thing in the eye and that's why documentaries laugh. like sometimes I'm talking about documentaries is the funny like, if you've ever seen beyond the mat which is all about the pro wrestlers no and jake the snake is in it and it's the i mean he's he's a baby of a rape uh his his snake died in his trunk once because he forgot to feed it on the road. It's not in the documentary, but he's oh. a crackhead. Has no relationship with. I love but that snake like was point, number, number there's, two. There's like there's a point that which is probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I don't know why, but it's like he's talking about like here I look in the mirror, and you realize the face staring back you. You've never hated anything more. And then like he goes, oh, "Is this chocolate?" He <laughs> <laughs> oh, licks his shirt. Yeah, he's like, I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you know, it's still the the darkest, meanest shit is always the funniest shit, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying, like, it's the best comedy either. Right. Because obviously, like, Brian Regan and Bill Cosby are, you know, are amazingly hilarious. They don't talk necessarily about the darkest shit all the time. But to me, offstage, there's nothing funnier than... 
I, I think... going to be able to use a Brian Regan bit on me offstage and make me laugh. Right. But... I've heard stories of Brian Regan or, you know, being dark offstage in a very, very funny way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just in the way that I'm like, yeah, he's doing a show. It's not necessarily the only side of this person. Yeah. He's... No, I think that that's really... Yeah, I think... I don't know. I don't know anyone who's a really good comic who like is like, oh, that was humorous, you know. And they're, <laughs> it's usually just the saddest, meanest, darkest shit that we yeah. all find the funniest. Yeah, no, it's true. That's that's a great yeah, that's a great response. Uh, let's see. I want to go over the notes. I think we got it all. Here, here are my notes. Prison, thirteen drink. You start drinking when you're thirteen. <laughs> Terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> That's that was me wanting to this ask is a, you. This is a psychologist giving up on me. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible person. It was me wanting to ask you about it. I wrote down love for no reason, diarrhea, and I circled it and surf with Kurt. Which yeah, you should ask that to Kurt Braunholder. Yeah, has should... he been on the show before? He has. He has. Okay, we well, probably make... talked about it and I just forgot. Oh. Hmm. Kurt, make it more interesting next time. Yeah. Jesus, come with me. <laughs> You don't need... That's how you know uh, I was self-indulgent when I quoted my own bit during a fucking yeah. podcast. That's the next level. I also did. I was like, that's... I, I've said on this show, I like to say... I did it this show. <laughs> you gotta live a life worth commenting on. That's my quote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quoting myself. <laughs> that's next level uh, narcissism. <laughs> well, Dan, this was amazing. I thank really you. appreciate no, you, you taking so the time. Thank you so much. I love the show, and I'm glad you had me on. Had the I'm time. thrilled. I'm Good thrilled you could do that. Show. Thank you. And I appreciate that. Yeah, sure. See Katie. The- Katie, Kate, Catherine. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. Katrina. Oh, oh, Kate. She hates Catherine. All right. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you got to say keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. 